Welcome, everyone. 319 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Corey. No Will as of yet. Will is slated to join us at some point later on. Not sh- exactly sure when, but uh, he said probably before 930. So he will join us when he gets back. Our topic for today is going to be our fall game, our 2017 Fall Games Preview Part 2. Uh, we each picked a couple of games to cover. Uh, miscellaneous type type of games, some smaller indies, some games we didn't know anything about, and then just a couple we probably missed last week to to talk about. Does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on the episode? Yeah, I'll be talking about Madden 18 mm-hmm. as well as everybody's golf. Oh, cool. Okay. Corey, nothing? Nope. Okay. Me and Corey will be doing our Game of Thrones recap for the season finale after the outro. So for those of you that are interested in that, same as always. Uh, Scrub to the end. Yep. Scrub to the end. Um, I played the Destiny 2 beta on PC, which I will talk about. And then I played that I just got today and played it only a couple hours of Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Nice. That I finally got today, even though it came out Tuesday. What? I just remembered I did play something this week. Something new uh, that I had never played. It's the Jack TV. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've played that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So, yeah, we'll talk about that during what we played. Uh, Corey, why don't you get started? First game. I just have one. Uh, SteamWorld oh. Dig 2 comes out September 21st on the Switch. It's got that Switch-exclusive debut. And then, allegedly, a few days later on PC, Windows, Mac, and PlayStation 4... But I'm pretty sure the Steam release date is also September 21st. Is it really? I'm not sure. So who knows? But uh, around that time, that game is coming out. Only 20 bucks. It's a 2D platform action-adventure video game by Image and Form. They did the first Steam World. They also did Steam World Heist, which you played, right, Dan? I, have. Only, I have not played it. Okay, I keep meaning to play it. That, Same uh, here. That seems like it would be pretty fun. And I loved the first Steam World, so were you going to say something? No, I was well, yeah, I was going to say the heist game interests me more than the dig game, though I am interested in Steam World Dig 2. Yeah, that was one of those games I played on a whim and uh, ended up really enjoying it and getting addicted to it and pretty much I think I played it through all in one sitting. That's how mm-hmm. much I enjoyed it. And uh, was looking forward to a second one and was actually kind of disappointed when they went the SteamWorld heist route. But uh, again, I've never played that. So mm-hmm. we'll see how, how that one is, too. It's a mining game. So it's like Terraria it's, it, because it's 2D. Uh, but it has a plot that you're following. You're following a story and you're playing uh, pre-made characters. And in this game, you are playing Dorothy, the lady robot who was an ally of Rusty, who was the main character in the first game. So if you are familiar with the first game, you'll remember Dorothy. It's set in sort of a tin star, tin star western robot thing, I guess mm-hmm. would be the best way to, to describe it. Tin star, it's, it's very much like tin star. Yeah. I think is another thing that drew me to it. If you played that SNES classic. That was a great game. That mm-hmm. was a great game. So the difference between this one and the first one is that in this one, there's more emphasis on platforming and it's also, it also has a Metroidvania style underworld, which if I remember correctly, the first game was going from level to level and doing the digging. Mm. Whereas it sounds like this one is more, you know, 
one big underworld with, with branching, you know, areas and mm-hmm. things to visit and all that kind of stuff. So that should be fun. Uh, but that's pretty much all the information that's out there about it. I did pull the blurb from the website um, just to help provide a little more context. In search of her lost friend, a lone steamboat and her unlikely companion must dig deep, gain riches, and explore an underworld riddled with danger. But time is running short. So there you go. Yeah, it looks good. It does. Look I good. watched. I watched the Nintendo uh, Nindies presentation. Well, I watched it after. I didn't watch the live, but that was one of the games on there that uh, caught my interest, along with another one that I had no idea about until it. And it's coming out soon, which I'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, that's that's what sold me on SteamWorld Dig Two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Eric, what do you got? Oh, I have two games. I guess I'll save probably the better one for last. We'll start with mm-hmm. Knack 2, uh, which is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Uh, as you remember, Knack 1 was a, uh, a system release game when the PS4 first came out. Uh, kind of middling reviews, like 6s, 5s, 6, kind of a boring uh, boring kind of game. Uh, the the things that they did this time to maybe kind of spruce things up is there's actually a skill tree uh, where you can upgrade and axe abilities, which will be kind of neat. Um, supposedly, the platforming is supposed to be better, you would hope. And there's also co-op uh, that you can jump in and out of mm-hmm. uh, to, to play with friends, which will be kind of cool. Um, I guess one of the other things that they added is four difficulty levels because one of the complaints for the first one was uh, some of the difficulty spikes were just crazy in that game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I played through it and it, it was okay. But yeah, there was some parts that were impossibly hard and some parts yeah. where you just breeze through with no, no right. issues. So they added four difficulty levels to hopefully combat that. Um, but other than that, it seems like more knack. Mm-hmm. You know, Knack was okay. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily thought it needed a sequel. Very surprised to see a second. (laughs) Everyone was clamoring for a follow up to the first Knack, so we got it. Uh, I'm joking, of course. Well, you know what, though? You know what, though? A lot of a lot of people in certain video game communities were clamoring for it. Really? Like three quarters jokingly, I'd say half jokingly. But Mm. here it is. Is it one of those bad film type of things? Like, uh, yeah, 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 okay. same, same thing. And, and well, I, I think probably another part of it too is Knack may have sold better than it may have had it been released now. Oh, sure, because it was a it was a launch game. title. Yeah. So I don't know if they thought maybe they could get some more legs out of it. Um, I lied. There is a couple other things that they added. Uh, you have more uh, uh, combat move sets, so it's uh-huh. not just like punch, punch, kick or anything. Uh, there, there's more to the combat in this one, oh, and you can good. also, yeah, you can change the size of Knack at any time now, mm-hmm. and like kind of regather his pixel parts. Um, so that's cool. So they did, you know, hopefully they can do some neat stuff with puzzles and uh, yeah. things of that nature with the environment. But uh, nah, yeah, probably I'm... not one I'm I'm <laughs> going to be interested in. I didn't sure. say this. It, it releases very soon, actually, September fifth. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to see it fail. I'm not one of those people no. that because I wasn't interested and I want to see it. I want to see it do poorly. I'd rather see it do really well. I hope it's like a surprise hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Apparently, uh, the Wikipedia says that there's a demo 
on oh. a PlayStation store that came out on two days ago. Nice. So maybe, maybe I'll give it a try. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think Will like Knack most out of all of us. Yeah. Probably. But I know I, pl- I played through the whole thing. It was like I said, it was OK. Yeah, it was it was a it was a launch game. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a good like, way to describe the same it. thing with Killzone. It was a launch game. Like, well, if, go back and play in that. Like, bleh. if you remember, I think when they first announced that Mark Cerny was kind of, I think he was trying to show off the PlayStation 4s. Um, it was like physics, to work wasn't with, it? Yeah, and and they think they did the same thing with Resogun, which okay. was a launch game. There was a lot of pixels on the screen, and I think they were just trying to show off how the PS4 could handle that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Without that's necessary again, but right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Mac two. Um, yeah, my first game is Golf Story, which is a kind of like a retro 16 bit RPG. It gave me a very Stardew Valley feel to it. Um, it's developed by Sidebar Games exclusively for the Switch, at least for now. Whenever I hear exclusive, um, you wonder if it's eventually going to come out on other things, if it's timed exclusive, like who knows anymore. Um, it's got eight different environments, a dramatic story and with diverse characters, you can upgrade your golf for skill and gear. I guess that's where the RPG stuff comes in. Uh, yeah, there's challenges to complete, uh, b- but also a bunch of side games, which is nice. There's long drive tournaments, disc golf, mini golf, racing, mowing, drone flights, and geocaching comes out sometime in September for the Nintendo switch. Like I said, I don't know if it's eventually going to come to other things, but yeah, I mean, really what, what grabbed me was uh golf and uh, Stardew Valley feel to it. It seems like it's going to be kind of a cathartic game. Uh, like Stardew Valley was, hmm. but yeah, music caught my interest too. Watching the, watching the trailer for it. So what do you do in it? It's a golf RPG. Oh, okay. So you're playing golf. You're playing golf, yep. Okay. It's Happy Gilmore, the RPG. Nice. That I don't know if idea. it's that. <laughs> like that, but that'd yeah. be a good that'd be a good golf game to make where you have to like beat up the other golfers. That's part golf game, part fighting game. Yeah. Yeah, a golf beat 'em up. I like it. Golf beat 'em up. Our genius. We should shut up now. Save these uh, ideas. Yeah. It's happened to us before. Did I? Did, I think I maybe joked, but do you guys know if I actually started the idea bible? I don't know if you actually started it. I know we talked about something similar. Well, you know what? I'm starting it right Start now. Start it right now. Yeah, write down our ideas, and then when they come to fruition, we could be like, "Hey, we thought of that years ago." Like Pokemon Go. Write down the episode number so we remember that too. So we don't have to make Tito go back and listen for us. You got it. To dig it golf, up. Golf beat him up. Episode 319, 831, 17. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, Eric, what do you got? Uh, got one more game here. Uh, this one is one that I was very excited about. Uh, probably it's worn off a little bit because it's been around forever. Uh, it's finally coming out September 29th on Xbox One and Windows 10. Uh, Cuphead. Is, is finally going to be released. Uh, and the appeal of the Cuphead, if people, I'm sure people remember, is the 30s-style cartoon and uh, the like weird jazz music going on in the background. Uh, it's just one of the... It's God, it might be the coolest-looking game I've ever seen. 
It, yeah. it literally just looks like an old cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even like the weird frame, the weird frame rate, and like the flickering on the screen, like yeah. uh, on the old cartoons from the actual flipping of the the slides or whatever. It's yeah. it's there, and it looks it looks fabulous. Uh, it looks amazing. Uh, hopefully, the 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 actual game can live up to to what the art looks like and the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what you're looking at, and this is kind of what's turned me off a little bit to it. Uh, this is right from the Xbox website for Cuphead. Cuphead is a classic run-and-gun action game heavily focused on boss battles. Uh, It's inspired by cartoons of the 30s. The visuals and audio are painstakingly created with the same techniques of the era, traditional hand-drawn cell animation, watercolor backgrounds, and original jazz recordings. Uh, You can play as Cuphead or Mugman in single-player or local co-op as you traverse strange worlds, acquire new weapons, and learn powerful super moves, and discover hidden secrets while you try to pay your debt back to the devil. So the uh, the idea is you're running around through these worlds uh, collecting gold to pay your debt to the devil, uh, and you do so in the form of many boss battles, which I heard that this game is very difficult. And yeah, actually, uh, someone oh, – it was one of the gaming websites. Someone played it at uh, – was it Gamescom maybe? And they couldn't recent, get past yeah. the first level. Yeah, That's I'm how just hard not it was. looking for that right now. Um but nonetheless, it looks amazing. If you're yeah. looking for a good challenge, I think this is uh, probably one you should be looking out for because, like I said, if, if the gameplay can live up to the way the game looks and sounds, uh, it could be a really good one on September yeah. 29th. Does, that, does it say anywhere on there if it's with, like the Windows Store exclusive or if it's going to like Steam? I'm sure it's only Windows Store. But judging by this, I it doesn't say, but I would imagine it's just the Windows Store. Damn it. Okay, that's frustrating, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what can you do? That, yeah, but that, definitely, that's if you maybe. haven't seen this, uh, go go to the X, xbox.com uh, in the Cuphead section and, and check it out. There's uh, some trailers and pictures on there. It's really cool. That That's going to be a good game to watch on Twitch, to watch your favorite yeah. Twitch streamer play and Drum get really and frustrated at. Yeah. That's probably what I'll do instead of buying it. I don't want to. Add, I don't want to encourage Microsoft's behavior with the Windows Store. You know, <laughs> I don't know what the price is on that one. I, I'm interested to see uh, what, what kind of pricing that one gets. I could call up the Windows Store now and see if it's on here for pre-order. Yeah, yeah check it out. Uh, Cuphead. Because that one, I could, I could see them charging more than I would have initially thought. Yeah, like forty bucks. Like yeah, like premium yeah. indie. Oh no, it's twenty. Oh nice. Well, that might end up being a buy for me. Yeah, twenty bucks, sure. Twenty bucks, September twenty ninth. Uh, Xbox Play anywhere too. So, if you got if you buy it on computer or Xbox One, you can play it on the other one, vice versa. So nice. What? Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, my next game is a game that I didn't even know existed until I watched the Nindies thing. It's called Wolverblade. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up set in ancient Britain. Uh, It's coming to the Switch in September. PS4, Xbox One, and Steam shortly after. It's developed by Fully Illustrated. Uh, It's centered around the 120 AD Roman invasion of Britannia. It's got eight different levels based on real locations. So it's supposed to be like an actual historical game, which I thought was awesome. Um, Which I didn't know until afterwards. What drew me to it was the the art style. It looks like... um, it looks like a side-scrolling 
uh, like darkest dungeon type of aesthetic to it. Uh, but it's a, but it's a beat em up. Um, really, really interesting looking. Uh, that's going to definitely be a buy that's coming out in September at some point. Um, but yeah, it looks fabulous. And I like the historical, actual, actual historical tie-ins for it. This looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Watching it right now. I was, I was, I was shocked. I hadn't even, I don't even think I've ever heard Wolverblade, you know, in my, in my travels. So I was surprised to have it pop up on, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's, it's coming on steam. It's got a steam page and everything. I just had never, it never came up, which kind of pissed me off that that could fly under the radar, but you know, it's one of those games that could end up being awesome. Looks yeah. awesome. Anyway. Nice. Um, and then my other game is project cars two, which comes out on September 22nd for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, developed by Slightly Mad Studios. It's got 180 different cars over various racing disciplines, uh, including Rally, which is important for me. Um, It's a Forza Motorsport Gran Turismo competitor. I think we talked about this last week, and we'll talk about Gran Turismo, but uh, I think part of the reason uh, people don't maybe go gaga as much for the Gran Turismos and stuff is because of the existence of games like Project Cars. Uh, it's a solid competitor and uh, really simulation type of stuff too, as far as the racing goes. It's very got, much so. It was. It's a little too intense for me. Yeah, it's a. It's very simulate. Uh, very physics based, and uh, it's got dynamic weather, time of day, and seasonal conditions. Um, it's also going to support VR, 12K, which I didn't even know existed. Uh, 21 by 9, straight out of the box, and triple screen support built right into it. So uh, that stuff speaks to me. It went all out, huh? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It's a lot of like cartooning and things that I wouldn't have yeah. any idea what any of it meant. Yeah, it's definitely like a Gearheads racing game. Yep. Um, yep. Even a lot of that stuff, like I, I know what, a little bit, what it does a little bit, but uh, not to the point where I can make my racing car more effective by tinkering with its settings at least not that type of racing anyway like i said rally is my i don't even want to say area of expertise but area of interest so those are the games i got do we want to just kind of go over the list talk about a few others if you see anything that jumps out yeah i i looked Um, through and nothing really caught my eye yeah me either what do we think hive swap is about no idea swap PC, Mac, and Linux. Jeez. Don't know. Hive Swap is an upcoming episodic adventure game developed by What Pumpkin Studios, New York City, and <laughs> overseen by Andrew Hussey. That's a That's joke. Not... That's a joke listing. Maybe. What Pumpkin Games? Oh, no, it was Kickstarter. Yeah, What Pumpkin Studios. September 4th, 2012, Andrew Hussey announced a Kickstarter oh. to raise funds for a video game based on his Microsoft Paint Adventures webcomic homestruck development was set to begin in 2013 with the finished project expected in 2014 Hmm. kotaku noted the project had raised more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in hours more than 80 percent of the seven hundred thousand dollar goal pledge for the first day interesting um what else is on here metroid the new metroid game Oh, is that that's, new? That's kind of big, yeah. I Wait, think the, is this a 3DS one? This is the 3DS one. I don't yes. think that's a new one. I think it's. Oh, uh, th- is that the reboot or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Samus Returns. 
Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a reimagining of the 1991 game. Yeah. Game Boy game, Metroid 2 Return of Samus. So, right. yeah. They are coming. Uh, they're do, doing a new 3DS one, though, right? I, you know, yes. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they are. I'm sure they are, too. Eric, FIFA 18 comes out on uh, September 29th, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's buy. I'm, uh, I'm going to buy that and Pro Evo on launch day. When does Pro Evo come out? You know, I'm not sure. It's usually Soon. right around there. It's on here somewhere. I think I saw it. We're early, going. It? We're going Xbox for FIFA and PS4 for Pro Evo. Pro Evo added a lot of cool modes this year. Actually, they they upped their online uh, co-op game, which mm-hmm. they've needed to do for a while. So, looking forward to that. They're doing three on three, which is perfect because uh, me and Jeff and Showtime always end up playing the three of us. Mm-hmm. So that'll work out really well. Nice. Um, crap. September twelfth. What? Pro Evo. September Pro 12th. Evo. Oh man, is it really? Oh yeah, it is. Pro Evo twenty eighteen. Wow. That's along right with Na- NASCAR Heat two. Oh man, I gotta find a way to get that one in the budget. Rayman Legends Definitive Edition for Nintendo Switch. It's maybe if I hadn't played through that game. Putting this game out. <laughs> it's on everything. It's gonna be on mobile soon. It already is, isn't it? There no. is a mobile Rayman, but it's a it's a runner. Okay. Uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition, October nineteenth. Me. I would be excited um, if uh, that wasn't going to be a Windows Store exclusive. Is it really going to be a Windows Store exclusive? Well, Beardless in the chat says the definitive edition of Age of Empires two will only be available on the Windows Store. So that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they have to do that to us? I think he's right. It's annoying. Yeah. Oh, I went to the website. It's for Age of Empires 4, which there's no information on. Oh, join the closed beta today. You could sign up for the beta. I'll just sign up for the beta. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, What else is on here? Don't Let get hyped fun. for Age... I type in Age of Empires 4 into Google, the first hit, don't get hyped for Age of Empires 4. Because uh, it's going to be a Windows Store exclusive? I don't know. I'll, I'll read the article. You continue. Um. All right. Unscheduled releases. Let's see what's what's on here. Uh, Frostpunk? Fear Effect said no. Oh, Frostpunk is the... Um. I'm excited for that one. That's from the guys who made... Uh, is it this war of mine? Yes. And it's the yes. city builder like that takes place in a desolate future, like a dis, uh, dystopic, post-apocalyptic future, yep. I think. 11-bit studios, SA. Yeah. Um, oh, this, is for, this isn't for Frostpunk. This is just 11-bit studios Wikipedia page. Oh. There's nothing on it. Frostpunk, I'm, I'm excited for that game, though. Yeah. I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the name triggered something in my mind. That's why I said. That's why I said it. Uh, Lords of the Fallen Two. Eh. I have the first uh, one. And never played it. Uh, it's to be pretty bad. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Xenonauts Two. Any interest for Xenonauts Two? No. Nope. I'm not sure what it is. I played Psychonauts. Is it? Similar? It's um. It's like XCOM. 
it's another one like XCOM. Okay, I think that's good. There's a bunch, like, there's a lot of re-releases on here, you know, stuff coming to new new systems or whatever. But po- like Pulkin Tournament is coming out in September. Me. The only thing I I will talk about real quickly. I did yeah. see I read something today. Uh, you know, because people are making a big deal about um, Switch getting third-party games and things of that mm-hmm. nature. I don't know if you guys remember when they announced FIFA was coming to the Switch. There was yes. uh, one of the modes was left out. Uh-huh. Um, I guess 2K18, the basketball game, is coming to Switch, and it's the full version. Oh, okay. which is good. Yeah. So hopefully they get some support on there and uh, keep bringing some games over. I keep wondering to myself if NHL came to it, if I would buy it. But mm. The answer is probably not. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's not fun. Uh, no. So it's not worth sixty dollars. That's for sure. No. Okay. I think we got everything. WWE 2K18. All right. No. No. <laughs> Let's move on. Nibble bits. Corey. I got one quick one here. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors has a release date. I think it was Will last week that was talking about it. Um, it yeah. did not have a release date at that point, but it's October 20th. I think we said the 13th. So okay. it's a week later than we thought it was going to be. There you go. Wait, is this the the same day as all the other big releases? I was going to ask, what else is on that Oop. day? I can check that. October is a rough month, but the thing with Nintendo is they usually release their games on Friday, so it's not the same as everyone else. Good point, and but I love I'm, that. I'm bringing it up yeah, right now. Too. Nothing better than a Friday release. October 20th. Nope, it's the only thing coming out on the 20th. All right. What's coming, out that, what's coming day. out on that Tuesday, though? South Park. That's the big day? That's going to get delayed. South Park is uh, Elex, Gran Turismo Sport, South Park, WWE 2K18, Age of Empires Definitive Edition is coming out the day before, and City Shrouded in Shadows coming out the day before. Right. And then the week after is Destiny 2. That's the big one on PC. Mm. Okay. So it is in a softer spot, I guess. Uh, the week before South Park is Middle Earth Shadow of War. So, yeah. Piggybacking on your Fire Emblem news, Corey. Uh, it was announced that the Nintendo Switch, uh, exclusive obviously, Fire Emblem Warriors, will let you exchange a frame rate for uh, or a resolution for frame rate. So if you want decide you want to play at 60 frames per second, it will allow you to do that and will lower the resolution. I can imagine that's probably docked as opposed to undocked. It'll probably hopefully it plays at 60 undocked too, but uh, I keep saying that more games need to have that. Um, I would very, very much rather uh, sacrifice some graphical fidelity and uh, resolution for, for, higher frame rates in just about any game I play. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised that hasn't caught on more than it has. Um, so yeah, they focus on a 1080p resolution with a frame rate of 30 frames per second. While no reason was given the option to increase 60 frames per second, will lower the resolution to 720p. So there, it was not specified if this would only work while the switch is docked or if it could be also used in portable mode. So yeah, it's a nice option to have. Options yeah. are good. Options are good. That is correct. Yep. And then go ahead, Corey. Nope. Go ahead. Oh, 
None of my other nibble bit. This is not uh, actually news, but uh, rumor, I guess. And that's that Target over, I think it was over the weekend or maybe Friday, uh, just possibly leaked the existence of a Bethesda Game of Thrones video game. For a few days, there was a a page on the Target website that was just, just said Bethesda's Game of Thrones. No one knew what it meant. There was nothing on it but that title. Um, I don't think it's been updated. I think I think it's been removed since then. It's not still around. I, Target did say that there's no such thing, but <laughs> you know they would say that if they just leaked uh, a potentially large story. You know, as someone who creates web pages for a living and populates inventory on websites right. for a living, that's that's just not true. <laughs> They yeah, say, why would it even exist if, yeah. Yeah, they say it may have been a hoax. I mean, it could have been a rogue web developer playing a prank, but sure, also going to lose your job doing something. Yeah, like it's that. not almost not worth it to do that as a joke. Yeah, so that's interesting. It'll be, uh, I'm excited to hear more in that vein. Bethesda's actually doing a Game of Thrones game because that would probably well that would most likely be the developer I would choose to do a full on game of thrones game RPG. So I uh, hmm, where was I reading? It must have been Reddit. People commenting on the 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 whatever you want to call it, the leak or whatever. Yeah. Uh and I saw both sides of it. A lot of people were like, "Oh, thank God, like it's happening." Or the opposite, like, "Oh my god, this is going to be terrible. I hope it doesn't happen." You yeah. listen in the chat another... said, "I hope there's no such thing." Yeah, there's a lot of people that are are very against it. And, you know, the old all the Bethesda tropes, like, oh well, expect to play a game full of bugs on release day and yep. things not work and yada yada yada. But uh, I don't know. I think Bethesda if Bethesda does something right. It's lore. Yeah, and the Game of Thrones universe or Song of Ice and Fire universe, whatever you want to call it, uh, is ripe with that. So yes, as long is. as I get to, as long as I get to dig deep and, and get some lore chunks, uh, and it is, if, even if it's just like Skyrim, I'm cool with that. Just like Skyrim, but in the game of Thrones world. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like you said, the, the bugs though, who knows for, if it's going to release in a stable state. But that's also something that uh, is not their property, so they can't screw it up too much, I wouldn't think. Yep. You know? Okay. Uh, how was your week, Corey? Uh, pretty good. I didn't do much. We went we went to uh, Cottage this weekend, but like just drank and hung out outside. Uh, it was a nice weekend. It's a pretty weekend. Back but to the cottage, that, huh? Yeah. But other than that, not not much to talk about, really. I don't think I really have anything. Just a lot of the same old. I am jealous that it seems like every weekend you're on a lake or at a cottage. The thing, or... the thing about it, Dan, when you when you do it so often, yeah. you just want to stay home and do nothing. Humble brag, Corey. Humble brag. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> I called nice. out a bunch of people humble bragging today, and it felt good. But it's really not a humble brag. Like, you guys know me. I Yeah. I fight, the same to way. Do, I fight to do nothing every weekend and it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't work out. Uh, yeah. You get really sick of hanging out by lakes and drinking that's beers. Nice. That's the nice thing about my wife. She doesn't want to do anything either. So Yeah, that's how me and my wife are. Yeah. So if Sophie's not, not doing something, then she's a social butterfly. Whew. It's not even that. Like we could be by ourselves and like 
you can't you can't sit and do nothing for more than uh, two minutes. You know, it's like she'll I grow out of that. Yep. I, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Wow. I really right. don't. I mean, it's good for me because it forces me out of my comfort zone to to be social and interact with people. Because if she wasn't like that, I would do nothing. It's like, goddamn exhausting being social, though. It really is. And I told her that because she took the entire weekend off, which is rare. Normally, I have Friday and Saturday to, to do Corey things. And then Sunday, you know, we spend the day together doing couple things. But I didn't have that this weekend. And I felt it the whole week. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like... Man. Wipes you out. Well, yeah, I texted you guys. I'm like, I'm jonesing for some some me time. Yeah. But yeah, because I don't consider my like my family, immediate family, in that you know, in that social like just being home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having to having to be forced into social situations and having to make small talk, it's it's introvert, but it's exhausting, and I just want to sleep yeah. after it. I can only fake being an extrovert for so long before I'm just yeah blah. Yep, I I'm not the slightest bit outgoing. Naturally, I can like you, Corey. I can fake it if I want to. Mm-hmm. If I need I to. I went uh, I went to a bar last night actually, and uh, with with my boss to the bar that he always hangs out at, and he was playing foosball with this guy, and it was between between matches, and the the guy came over and he's like. You know, he's asking me questions, just trying to make small chat. Like, yeah, where do you, so what do you do in Charlottesville? I, I was like, yeah, I work, I work here. And he's like, so what do you do there? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm the manager of this. I just, you know, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't care what he's doing. Yeah. So I don't ask back. I'm like, Yo, what do you got going on, man? Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Yeah. I don't fucking care what he's got going on. Yep. <laughs> I hear uh, you, man. Brutal. I hear you. I was a nice guy, but sure. You weren't there to make friends. No, no, no. Yeah, I was there to have a beer. We can make that. Uh... Oh, that's a good idea. A small talk app where you just list all those things that people default to for small talk. Yeah, like and yeah. Once Leather. somebody starts, just be like, "Oh, let me send you my my small talk account." Answers. Oh, that's a, yeah, all that yeah. information is right there. Like, put it in the vault. Like, not a survey, but like a questionnaire you'd fill out. Yeah. Yeah. Here's all put my it... answers to what you're about to ask me. Save the breath. <laughs> but it expires like within a few <laughs> minutes, <laughs> so they can't do anything with it. Oh, I like it. Snap. Put that yeah, in the idea I mean, vault. I was gonna say, right. put it in the vault. What are we calling this one? Man, we're churning them Small out. Small talk social media app. Yeah. All right. I like it. Good idea number two. Okay. Nothing else, Corey? Nothing else. Okay. What do you got, Eric? Uh, you know, not too much. Same same as Corey, really. I think the, the only thing I'll chat briefly about is I'm getting back in the fantasy football game this year. Uh-huh. Uh, took last year off because I moved away. Um, and I don't really enjoy fantasy sports unless I'm doing it with people that I know and like, yeah you know, talk to regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out of the football game and I, I wanted to get back in this year. So I started a league up uh, with uh, nine people that I work with. Uh, so we had a 10 person league and we went, we did a live draft at wild wing cafe, uh, which is a cool place. Uh, they did a really good job. It's 40 bucks. You know, you got some wings, you got a bucket of beer and a, an appetizer and they give you a draft board. 
with player stickers uh, to put on it. Uh, so we had uh, somebody come and kind of control the draft board and somebody control the timer on their phone to make sure picks were going quickly. And it was really fun. I uh, had a good time. I got a good team. I got an A-plus rating for my draft nice. by Yahoo. They said I'm going to go 11-2, and two, so let's hope they're right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We'll see. I took a couple of risks, though. I took Ezekiel Elliott. I'm hoping his... Uh, oh, he stays out of trouble? Yeah, well, I'm hoping his uh, ban gets dropped to three games instead of six. Uh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. It is? Yeah. Yeah, he's appealing it right now. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted or whatever today that that's a, a possibility, but they're trying to iron it out by Monday. Um, cool. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I'm excited to get back into it. Uh, yeah, that's, that'll be my only football this year. Cause the bills are looking like an absolute train wreck already. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What's going on up there? I, uh, you know, Buff. they, they, traded away some players and which you know did sammy watkins get traded he did and that's fine i'm not too heartbroken about that because he's always hurt anyway right um he did trade away a cornerback that i wasn't i wasn't a a huge fan of that trade but they just i don't know they're a mess injuries and tyrod taylor got a concussion the in the last preseason game and it's just it's not looking promising i saw a couple of uh predictions on websites today one of them had him going what, five and 11 and the other one had him going three and 13 mm. i'm thinking five, four wins four and 12 are we gonna get the uh get the uh i guess we could do it next week the the eric Homa prediction the, the bill rundown schedule yeah bill schedule i can tell you right now the four games are gonna win <laughs> they're gonna Let's win two against Cleveland. the jets they're going to win the Dolphins game in Buffalo, and they're going to win the Colts game in Buffalo, and that's there, it. There it is. All right. They're going to lose all the other games. Mm. Which NFC division are they playing this year? They're playing the um, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. South. And Buccaneers. Buccaneers. So at, in Buffalo, they have the Buccaneers and uh, what's the other one? I don't remember. They're they're playing in Carolina because I, I gave a thought to going to it, mm-hmm. and then I think they're on the road at um, Atlanta too. So okay, they must have New, New Orleans in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Hmm. Ugh, boy, rough. Yeah, eighteen years it's going to be Dan without the playoffs. I, I, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but it's it's hard, man. When the Patriots are like a lock to win the division every year, it's it's hard, man. I got Brady in my fantasy league, and I said I got no issues rooting for Brady all year because I know the Bills aren't going to do shit. Right. So the uh, the Bills' lack of making the playoffs will be old enough to vote at the end of the season. Isn't that insane? <laughs> that is kind somebody of who was. <laughs> Born the last time the Bills made the playoffs can vote this year. <laughs> Fuck. Man, when you put it like that, Corey. All right, here's a question. What do they need what do they need to do? to to be an effective team. Well, they need to, to get compete. a quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. That's what they need to do. They need to suck it, this year. And they have two first round, two second round, and two third round picks this year. Mm. And they need to suck. And really, 
the best case scenario is they suck worse than the Jets because obviously the Jets are not going to trade with them in the draft. Right. Um, best case scenario is they either get the number one pick or they can trade up for it because there's supposedly three or four really good quarterbacks in this mm. draft class. Okay. Assuming they all choose to come out. Will um, would know who they were. Yeah, the one is from USC, but I guess he hasn't like he's not committed to leaving after this year. So okay. Uh, I don't know who the other ones are. I'm going to try and pay a little more attention to college football this year, but yeah. USC, they, USC quarterbacks don't have good track record. Though. No, no, they don't. Carson Palmer, I think was the best one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it starts with a quarterback. They need a quarterback yeah. and a coach, you know, they have a new coach, so you can't really say anything about him yet, but who's, who's their coach now? Sean McDermott. He was, Oh, the that's right. Panthers defensive coordinator. That's right. Okay. I remember that now. Okay. Where we stand. What about the Giants? Sorry, go ahead. I I wanted to, again, thank you for that that podcast recommendation around the NFL. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. It's great. Isn't it great? Yeah, they they talked, uh, they did their NFC roundtable today. Actually, I listened to it. They think the NFC East with your Giants that you just brought up is going to be a tough one. Tough division. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I haven't listened in a while, but the uh, as far as podcasts go, like the mix of chemistry being informative and being entertaining, I think they're the best. I I personally, and you probably have never listened to this one because it's a soccer podcast, I think Men in Blazers is probably, mm. in my opinion, the best one. Those guys are so good with, like, like you said, the chemistry, but they also have such good references. And even if you don't know the reference you still know that it's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, it's, it's amazing. They're so good. But yeah, around the NFL is great if you're looking for a good football podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think a couple of them had the Giants win in the division since you, since you asked. Well, I know there was the NFL.com prediction. Giants beat the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. Really? They back yeah. into another Super Bowl win? Wow. Yeah. Huh. I they said the biggest issue with the Giants is the offensive line. Yep. Keeping, ba- keeping the, Manning upright. Band-aid. Band-aid offensive line. They should suit me up at offensive Put line. Put them out there. You know? Yeah. I'd get killed. But. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It kicks off next Thursday. Patriots Chiefs. Oh. Are the Thursday night football games on TV TV? You or know, are they still yeah. just on the NFL network? Because I'll they're, watch I it if it's, it's NFL Network, right? Is, is they, um, I know at least the first few weeks they also simulcast on like CBS or something like that. Oh, did they? Or was oh uh, not maybe not CBS maybe ABC. It's on NBC. Okay, so I'll watch. So I got to get an HD antenna by then. Yeah, they're I cheap. believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but don't doesn't the uh, TCL TV have a built-in tuner? Yeah, you just have to get an antenna. Yeah, you still need the antenna. Yeah, you don't. You, but you don't oh, okay. need to get the like box thing. All right. Well, most TVs have that, right? Nowadays. Yeah, if you buy anything new, it'll have the the digital tuner. Uh, and a, a good HD antenna is like twenty five bucks, and well worth it. Yeah. Well, it depends on where you live because <clears throat> the one I got it was pretty expensive. I can't remember how much, but it's supposed to have good range considering where I am. I thought I'd need it, but even like way up high in a window i still get real bad yeah 
reception on a few channels. Mine was like that with a couple channels, specifically NBC, which was the main reason why I wanted it to watch uh, what Sunday Night Football and then hockey. Yeah. And uh, I I had to figure out where specifically the NBC tower was. Mm -hmm. And then I moved my antenna outside and I ran a, a coaxial cable from because I put it out underneath my back porch because it's not an outdoor antenna. It's an indoor antenna. Right. So it can't be out like in the rain and snow and stuff. So I put it underneath my back porch aimed at the NBC tower and then just ran a long coaxial cable to where my TV is now. Yeah. And NBC comes in great. So yeah, it's yeah, it had to be aimed the right way. Unangling. And there's a lot of websites nowadays that tell you like mm-hmm. where to point. Yep. Antenna, where to aim it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So I'll have to jigger with it. Yeah, get a powered one too. Uh, so it pl- the plug-in ones work a lot better than just the not yeah, my, plug-in mine, ones. Yeah, mine's a plug-in one. But that means yeah, I can't power, put it did outside. You say get a power one, Dan. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, so it'll have like a little box that the the coaxial cable runs through, but it plugs into the plugs into the wall too. Oh. Eric, is your new is your new fifty-five inch going to be your football watching TV? Uh, that's actually going to go up behind me. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends, I guess. Depends if I have company over or not, because there's not enough seating down here for more than, like, three. Um, okay. Otherwise, it'd have to be upstairs. Mm. Preferably upstairs. I like it up there. It's kind of mm-hmm. my, my Jim Kelly jersey is going to be on the wall there, too. So nice. it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Watch football in the football room. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Eric? Uh, no. No. All right. Uh, I don't have too much to talk about. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up is today we took the kids to, all four of them, mind you, to Animal Adventure. You guys familiar with Animal Adventure at all? No. Oh, uh, so it's it's kind of a zoo-like thing. I, do you remember April the Giraffe? Hearing about April the, the, the yeah. Giraffe early in the year. That's where April the Giraffe is is in oh. Animal Adventure in, in Harpersville. Um, in Harpersville? So we, yeah, it's in Harpersville. Harpersville. It's in the hill, hills of Harpersville. I didn't know there was anything in Harpersville. There's not, other than Animal Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's funny because when we, were, when we were driving up there, there was a bunch of houses right around there that were for sale. And we think that because of the publicity of April the Giraffe and how busy Animal Adventure was, that uh, people's country living was kind of kind of destroyed with the the hustle and bustle of people going back and forth from there. Uh, but it's a neat place. It's um, it's kind of like a zoo, I guess, a little bit. But their animals are more um, domesticated type of animals for the most part. Uh, like they have a lot of they have camels and a lot of exotic looking uh, like goats and and sheep and stuff. Uh, and then a few because you know. I don't like animals being held in captivity. It's kind of sad, uh, especially animals that like to range over wide, wide miles. But yeah, they have uh, the the highlight, I guess, is is April the giraffe and uh, and the baby giraffe. I think his name's Tajiri. Um, but I didn't get to go see that part because as the, there's like a little ramp that goes up there, and uh, as I was walking up, I was I was pushing the stroller with the twins in it, and just assholes everywhere like cutting me off and like bumping me out of the way i'm like you got to be effing kidding me so i didn't get to see april the giraffe and and the baby i saw the baby from a distance but 
Um, but it's a neat place. Uh, my favorite part was they had three uh, like baby bears. They weren't babies, but they were young black bears. And uh, you know how a lot of animals when they're uh, in captivity, like to just, they just lay there. Uh-huh. Um, but they were uh, one of them was like chowing down on all the food. And then the other two were like running around and playing. And like every now and again, they'd cuff their their brother who was eating. And then they'd run and jump in the pond and play with the ball. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good time. It was ni- nice and open, unlike uh, a lot of zoos. And we went th- when we first got there, it was raining. So it wasn't too busy because we like to go places like that when there's no no one else around. Um Yep. So but it was fun. It's a nice time. But yeah, for those familiar with April the Giraffe, that's like not far from where we live. It's like 25 minutes probably on the highway. I talked to my mom on the phone one day and she said something about April the Giraffe and I had uh-huh. no idea what she was talking about. Uh-huh. And she's like, what do you mean you don't know about April the Giraffe? I'm like, mom, I don't. It was it was huge. I was shocked. There was because they live streamed the like her late pregnancy and her birth. And there was always like 200,000 people on YouTube watching it. Oh, yeah, it was a it was a worldwide thing. It was on the news everywhere. I mean, we don't pay attention to the news, but. You know, I at least heard about those those things, but yeah, it was neat. I don't pay attention to the fake news. Fake news. That's right. Just, just the real news. Just, just the real, the real news. stuff. Giraffe birthing stuff, the stuff I see with my own eyes. Um, I think that's all. Which I is ha- nothing. Sorry. Yeah, same here. No, nothing but the contents of my own house. Mm-hmm. Really. Um. Okay. I, Will's not back yet. I don't think. He's on so his he, way. Yeah. He, so he's probably will be back in another ten minutes or so. He's typically tardy. Typically tardy, yes. Do you want to take a break and wait for him to get in, or what do you want to do? We could probably take. We'll take a few minute break. I've got a couple games to talk about for what we played, so okay. um, I can get started, and then hopefully, hopefully, we'll play something too. So yeah, we'll take a quick break and be right back with what we played in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone. Episode three nineteen of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. We are now in what we played, and Will has joined us in the break. Hey, Will. Ah. Hi everybody. Hi Will. What's happening? I'm good and grumpy. Oh, do you have anything you want to talk about for your week before we get into what we played? Uh no. Didn't do anything. I mean I started school, but Hey, congrats. How many Thanks. credits do you run in this semester? Only twelve. Mm, smart man. I'm taking an eight AM and a ten AM and then an online. Oh, you crazy. Ah uh, nice. no. I've got friends in my class for the first time ever. Nice. Which is nice. Makes me want to go more. Yeah. Sure. That always, always makes it more enjoyable. For sure. Other than that, I really got nothing else. Okay. Uh, did you play anything, Will? Uh, start with you. I've pretty much just been playing Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Do you want to talk about Dynasty Warriors? Not really. Nobody cares. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I'll get started then. Uh, I teased it at the top of the episode. I played the Destiny Two beta. Yeah, which Cheer was box, on. Man. Yeah, I was. It was on. It was. It's weird that it's on the BattleNet client, not being a. I know it's an Activision game, but it's not a Blizzard game, so it was a little weird to fire up that to download the Destiny Two beta. 
Um, cause I usually play, you know, fire that up to have played heroes of the storm in the past. And then, uh, more recently overwatch, but, uh, yeah, the, the beta, it looked absolutely amazing. It ran absolutely amazing. I was really surprised at how well it ran, um, without even having to tinker with settings at all. Uh, I had the frame rate counter up. It was 60 frames per second from the time I started till the time I stopped. I probably played, I don't know, maybe four hours worth. I did the initial story, uh, the the story bit that you start off in. I did uh, player versus player match, and I did the one strike that's available. Um, the story part was was okay. Actually, I enjoyed it uh, more than I thought I would. The the story part and the strike. There seems to be a lot of interesting set pieces and a lot of action sequences. Uh, it plays a little slower than I remember. Uh, other first-person shooters playing. I don't know if you guys can attest to that. Did uh, anyone play the Destiny 2 beta? Yeah, I did. Okay. Did you feel like it played slower than other first-person shooters? I felt like it played exactly like the first Destiny. Well, yeah, but as compared to like something like a Battlefield. Well, Battlefield's a little bit slow too, isn't it? Yeah, I would say it's more comparable to Battlefield than a Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah, it just it just felt slow, slower to me than like uh, I guess Overwatch. Well, I mean the the shooter that I've been playing, I guess it was not really a shooter is Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is pretty fast, I think. So yeah, it definitely it definitely plays slower. Okay, comparatively, I think. Um, but yeah, I actually I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I think if if um when it comes out, if it reviews well. And it seems to have a lot of player versus environment and single player uh, and then strike stuff. If it's got like a decent amount of that content, I'll probably end up buying it because I enjoyed it that much and it ran that well. Uh, I played one match of PvP and it was awful. It was <laughs> not the slightest bit fun. Um, it's four versus four. I don't know if that's different from the previous Crucible. I, it's been a long time since I played it. I feel like that's less, but I could be totally wrong. Was it five versus five or six versus six? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I I finished top on my team, which is wow. always a bad sign. Get I had man. I I had three kills. I died probably fifteen times. Uh, one other person had one kill, and then the two two of the other people had zero kills. So that's how that's how the match went. Um, but yeah. I died almost immediately. Whenever I saw someone, it would it was pretty much immediate death, which I just absolutely hate. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, brutal. Not the slightest bit of fun. So I, I won't be doing any Crucible stuff if I end up getting Destiny 2. Um, but it ran well enough and looked good enough that it's it's at least worth a, a shot of potentially buying. I didn't rule it out. So, so there's that. Well, Anyone that's have good. Any... I, I was expecting... Um... Maybe you had ruled it out. Oh, no. Um, like I said, the the player versus environment stuff is fun. I, I really wish they would do a more living world. Uh, I don't know that anyone knows what it's going to be like at this point, but uh, I use a Guild Wars 2 example of there constantly being stuff going on in the world, constantly uh, like uh, multiplayer battles that you can join in. Uh, I can't remember what I can't remember what they're called in, in Guild Wars 2, but like it'll pop up on your screen uh, that there's a mission going on and or a side quest going on or an event going on or whatever. 
and uh, you know people that are in the area can join it. And then if you successfully complete that, it'll move on to something else. And if you successfully complete that, it'll move on to something else. And then it'll lead to like a boss fight in the in the like game world. Uh, which I know that stuff happened in in the original Destiny, but it was like very few and far between. So I'm hoping there's more of that stuff. Um, so yeah, if, if it ultimately reviews well, I might uh, might get it. Nice. Yeah, pleasantly surprised, I will say. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I didn't get this till today, uh, but I played Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it ch- Amazon's been really dropping the ball with their two-day shipping, for us anyway. Uh, it shipped on Monday, and I didn't get it until today. It should have. If it shipped on Monday, it should have been here on Tuesday. I know once that leaves the warehouse, it's out of their hands, but God damn it. Hurry up and give me my games. That's the worst, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't get my Switch when I was supposed to, so that's it's still a little bit of a sore subject. I'll but, never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forgive. I'll never forget. First world problems, but, you know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's developed by Ubisoft. Um, it's a strategy RPG, kind of in the vein of XCOM. I probably played, I would guess, about two hours. And uh, so far, I've been pre- pleasantly surprised with that, too. Uh, it's a little more in, it's a little more deep and complex than I thought it would be, being like a Mario uh, strategy game. But there seems to be a wide variety of tactics you can use and different abilities that your characters have. Um it seems to be fairly lengthy too. I've read about 20 hours to beat the, if you want to beat the main story and like do some extra collecting and stuff. So, uh, I'll have a more complete picture of what the game's like next week, but so far I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my, my time with it. It's quirky. Got some humor. Uh, right now my, I'm rolling with, uh, Mario and Luigi and then the rabid princess, which is basically one of the, one of the rabbits, dressed up like princess i think there's eight different characters they all have different abilities uh skill trees that you can unlock weapons that you can upgrade um all different different special abilities and stuff too it's it's a lot deeper than i thought it would be so that was that was definitely a pleasant surprise for me i'd like to get that one at some point yeah um i'd let you borrow mine if it was easy but yeah i i gave a thought to getting that instead of everybody's golf but everybody's golf was 40 bucks yeah so I said, eh, I'm gonna. Yep. Totally understand. So that's what I played. Will you you didn't you didn't play anything, right? No. Okay, Corey, what'd you play? I told I mentioned the Jack TV game. Yeah. Thingy. Jackbox which I was, party pack. Jackbox party pack. Yeah, that. Um. I, I apologize, Eric, because I don't remember if you talked about it on this podcast. But uh, we played via the Switch. Was it the Switch? Yeah, it was on the Switch. But apparently it's available on, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Including, oh, yeah, it's on everything. Steam. Like, Fire TV and stuff like that. Like, set-top boxes. It's everywhere. Which is pretty cool, because if you don't know how it works, it's party games, like trivia and uh, a version of... Help me out. Uh, survey says... Family Feud. Family Feud. Um, it's a bunch of different party games, but everybody plays through their mobile device. So nobody needs a controller. It's just whatever 
device you have, which is brilliant. I'm surprised more games don't do this. But we played mostly the trivia one, uh, which is pretty cool because it's kind of like it's skinned like it was Saw, the movie Saw. So if you get an answer wrong, there's like mini games that you play. And it just does all this weird stuff. So there's this one where you cut off a finger. And then depending on the finger you cut off, you can never choose that numbered option for an answer. Which kind of sucks. Because if you lose your pinky, you can never answer number four. Even if that's the right answer. And you know it's the right answer. You can't pick it because you've lost your pinky finger. (laughs) Just silly stuff like that. Freaky. uh, That one I had not played. That one. We did did all of them. The, The... that was probably my favorite one. I liked the family feud style one where somebody's presented with a question like, how many people do you think plan their wardrobe? Uh, what percentage of people do you think plan their wardrobe for the week in advance? And you'd put your answer in and then it would show your answer. And then everybody else you're playing with would guess whether it was higher or lower. Stuff like that. Uh, but they do it in like a fun, whimsical kind of way um, did you say did you play the the first second or third i have no idea i have okay. no idea what yeah, it there's, was there's actually three of these okay yeah uh i'm into it i yeah it's a blast i imagine it's on roku right i don't know it's such a good party game though yeah you know and i actually the time that i played it i played it a couple of times but what the last time i played it was with a bunch of people that i had never met before yeah um it was a good icebreaker. You know, you can kind of feel people out, see how far you can take some of your answers for things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was good. Really good time. Yeah. I, uh, I There's this one we played last. It was like a t-shirt. Did you play the t-shirt game one? No. Okay. So well, it tells you to draw a picture and it gives you like a few basic brushes and stuff like that. So you draw a picture and then it says like type something funny. So then you type something funny. And then it tells you to draw another picture and write something funny again. So you, you do it a few times. And then eventually a bunch of people get a mishmash of images that they didn't draw and phrases that they didn't write. And then they make T-shirt designs out of them. <laughs> and then you vote on which T-shirt design you think is the best. Yeah. And after we did that and there was a winner and everything, I was like, oh, how cool would it be if you could buy these T-shirts? Like if they gave you a link to buy these T-shirts. And the guy who owned it was like, oh, you can do that. And sure enough, there's a link to buy the T-shirt at the end. Ours was really really inappropriate. Uh, Not something (laughs) you'd ever wear and want to wear in public. But wear it for a bedtime shirt. It's pretty funny. Yeah. A lot of cool, cool mini games like that. Um, Nice. In my old age, like that sounds more fun to me than just about anything else. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. Eric, what do you got? Uh, well, let's see. I'll talk about Madden first. Uh, so I bought Madden 18. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the um, Ultimate Team, actually, which is not something I've ever done before. But the uh, reason I've been playing Ultimate Team is because there, you can actually do three-player teams, like I was talking about earlier with um, Pro Evo Soccer, or kind of like what we do with pro clubs and FIFA, you can have three people on a team against other people. Uh, and you control certain positions. You can have somebody being control of the offense or control of defensive play calling and stuff like that. 
I uh, haven't played that part of it yet, but um, I just wanted to get familiar with with Ultimate Team, and I'm glad that I that I did that because it's um, there's a lot of different types of cards and like ways you can upgrade your players, and it's it's kind of strange how it is, but I understand why they have to do it that way. Like FIFA, there's so many soccer leagues and players, you don't really have to worry about you know having enough players whereas madden there's only so many players in the league yeah so they have like different tiers of the cards um so like for instance i started out with i got a larry allen like legend card for my left guard but he's only like a 73 rating because he's not a like actual legend card and you can upgrade him and there's just there's a lot that goes into it, um, but I've had a blast with it, and I've been doing the solo challenges to try and earn uh, coins and uh, new card packs and things like that. But um, yeah, really, really have enjoyed Madden so far, and it, it controls. It feels a lot smoother than last year's did to me. Um, I've been able to run the ball, which has been nice. Granted, it's been a very low difficulty setting for the solo challenges. That, that's probably why, but uh, really enjoying Madden this year and ultimately it's been a good time. Can you guys transfer your league that you're doing from 17 to 18? Or do you have to start so. a new one? Yeah, we're going to start a new one. Okay. So now's the time because it just came out. So you can start yeah. a new one and you'll have yep. it for, for a year. A year. Yeah. Until the next yep. game comes out. So yeah, pretty cool. I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, and the other game that I've been playing, uh, I bought everybody's golf today. You know, I got sitting there and I was thinking. Man, this game is getting pretty well reviewed, and I just feel like a golf game is perfect right now. You know, just sit back and hit the links. I can't play in real life, so I may as well do it on the <laughs> on the TV. Yeah. Um, and it did not disappoint. I didn't play for too long. I played for probably an hour, but it is fucking awesome. Nice. And I love it. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, it's got really good like character customizations and creating a character, and you can like, uh. You know, I mean, it, it's basic golf at the end of the day. It's very similar to Hot Shots Golf, but uh, I, I love the presentation of it. Um, it's very smooth. The gameplay is great. Uh, rewarding when you hit a good shot, which is perfect. It's I really like it a lot. This, uh, I assume, custom golfer that somebody created on yeah. this YouTube video looks exactly like Dan. Really? Really? Exactly. Like, same clothes Dan would wear, too. Standard neckbeard attire. Yeah, a little bit of stubble, the big glasses, the the foppy hair. <laughs> That's like, I'm a stereotype, okay? Screw you guys. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, the, the, the character customization is actually pretty deep. Um, it was a little too deep for me because I was trying to get into the game. So I, I there are, like, random generated characters. So I did one of those that was closest to what I felt I looked like. And I just kind of tweaked it from there. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking awesome game. Really well done. Eric, I need, uh, I need your help. I'm trying to, um, download this in MLB, but the problem is, is I need to re-sign into your PlayStation account. So when you get the opportunity, will you text me your information? Boy, we're having a bitch of a time here, huh? Which, we can't do any. We can't do anything. I got a feeling we're gonna have to call about this other issue. The It'd Sunday, the Sunday ticket one. Yeah, it's not good. I can't get in. 
But anywho, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, highly recommend. And this is just off an hour of playtime. Highly recommend everybody's golf. Like it's a forty dollars game, very well made. Uh, they have couch co-op, split screen, four player, which is awesome. You don't see that too much anymore. And you can also play online with your friends. Uh, you, it's uh, there's kind of an open world part to it where you can run around to different holes, and you can like go to any hole you want when you're playing online multiplayer with your friends from what I understand. So it's, it's really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. Very happy with that purchase. And that's all I played. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we get into what we played? What we played? Boy, Dan. Or just, feedback. Just laid it right out there. Dan had Man. a stroke. <laughs> no, I've had two and a you half know, beers. You know what happened? He saw that, that character that was made of blew his mind. That did blow my mind. Uh, okay. So the first email is from is from Tate, who says, Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. I finished Mass Effect 3 the other day on my Paragon playthrough, and I downloaded the extended cut before I played played it, so I don't have a sour taste in my mouth about the original ending, which is nice. I chose Synthesis which I'm guessing was the best ending, but it kind of weirded me out that everyone was basically a cyborg after that. Felt like humanity was lost to technology after all. Anyways, I really enjoyed the series, and I'm about six hours into Andromeda and liking it so far. It does have a completely different feel to it, but it felt kind of weird at the beginning of Mass Effect 1 as well, so hopefully Andromeda is just a start to another amazing trilogy. The one thing about Andromeda that bugs me so far is the helmets. I know you can buy... Other ones, but the default starting helmets are annoying because it looks like I'm looking up all the time. Anyways, I'm looking forward to playing through it. Questions for you guys. Uh, Eric, have you Mm. played the Madden Trial yet? And if so, what do you think? I just played through the trial and tried everything. It feels exactly the same to me as the last two Madden games. I'm not going to be purchasing it this year. Mm, I got to disagree so far. I feel like it feels a little smoother to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, More responsive? Yeah, yeah, like I felt like in last year's game, like specifically if you're like trying to run the ball or make a cut, uh-huh. your player almost had to like come to a complete stop to change directions. Um, and, you know, it's not perfect by any means. It's really not like a real life feel to it, but um, it's better. It's a lot sure. more smooth. Okay. I don't know. Uh, and then everyone, this is a question for everyone. My wife and I played Mario Kart and the Nintendo 64 this last week, and she swept me in the four races we did. She took first, I took Ooh. second every time. This annoyed me. So I challenged her to a duel in Pokemon Stadium 2, and I absolutely demolished her, and it felt so great. Have you guys ever lost your wives or girlfriends and that got back at them in some way afterwards? Or have you always just been the reigning champion, re- reigning relationship champions? In terms of video games, always. Gaming, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can think of two specific times my wife beat me, and she's sitting over there, so she might be able to remember more. But uh, way back when we were teenagers in high school, she beat me in, was it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 or the first one? Two. It was on PlayStation, um, and it was the, the score mode, and she beat me. And then recent, very recently, she beat me in Mario Kart 8 in a circuit of four races. Wow. Which, that's, that's, that's my jam. That is my jam. And she, yeah. she managed to beat me in, in, uh, in the, over the course of the circuit. So, no, not at Mario Kart. 
Yeah. There's been a, there's probably been other games where she's better than me at Mario at this at the side scrolling platformers. No question. So that's all that's all we can think of at the moment. You kicked off the podcast, Dan. Why? Yeah, you really fucked up. I'm willing to admit my defeats. <laughs> you use it to you use it to make yourself stronger as a competitor, you know? There you go. Yeah. Wow, you internalize look at that, it. Look at that spin. <laughs> that's right. PR talk. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yeah, Corey, you got any positions in your company for me? <laughs> yeah. Work your PR. Sure. I would love pot, that. Put put a positive spin on anything. Right now, everybody looks at me to do that garbage, and I hate it. Mm. Is it because you do PR it for guy? the thumbstick athletes? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm the PR guy on the thumbstick athletes. <laughs> it's oh, true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eric is the diplomatic one. Well, because it, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I got in the bad habit of pretending I was good at everything. Uh, <laughs> Humble brag. Yep. That's very pompous of you, Corey. This is the second time he's done this tonight, Will. I did wow. say pretend. I did say pretend. All right, Corey. Has Sophie <laughs> beaten you in any video games? Never. I would never allow that. Are you kidding? How emasculating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's happened. Sure. All right. Will. Nothing. Nah. And Eric, nothing. No, no. Okay. Uh, and then Tate says, thanks, guys. So, thank you, Tate. That's a good question. That's a, actually a great question. I don't think we've ever been asked that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's from Alex, who says, hey, guys, first off, I'm glad I broke Idaho Jake's winning streak. Secondly, to answer Corey's question, life, life is different comparing Portland to L.A., the weather, of course, is the biggest difference. L.A. stays around 80 to 85 on most days, and Portland stays around 65 to 75. The drivers are faster in L.A. The good food is evenly spread out in Portland, whereas L.A. is basically only good if you go downtown. A lot more tattoos and white people in Portland as well. Third, histotechnology is a fun job. I cut up body parts and make them look pretty under a microscope, kind of like Dexter. Well, that's all for me. Have a great week. Speaking of Portland, um, Corey, I don't know if you watched any of this, but Kotaku, the guys from Split Screen, mm-hmm. Jason Schreier and Kirk Hamilton, they did a, I think it was a 12-hour stream mm-hmm. where they picked games for each other. Did you watch any of that? Mm-hmm. No, but I listened to their podcast uh, that they just put out where they talked uh, about it. Okay, I watched a little bit of it. It was interesting. Uh, but Kirk Hamilton lives in Portland. Uh-huh. So they were talking about what what, you know, food places in Portland with some of the people in the chat. It was, it was interesting. It was also interesting what games they picked for each other. Cause Jason Schreier, he's in, he's in our kind of our camp for video games. He's one of the people that thinks, uh, Final Fantasy six is the greatest game ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his, his picks were all like older RPGs. He picked, uh, Super Mario world and, um, uh, Mario world, Mario RPG. And then Su Su Sukoden, which mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with. I didn't ever play that. That was on PlayStation or PlayStation Two. I played it briefly. And then Kirk for Pickett. Yeah. Sweekedin? Yeah. That that sounds right, actually. That's that so, sounds like that's what how it Moriarty pronounces it. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they're they're classic RPGs. And then uh Kirk picked for Jason Dark Souls. Um Splatoon nope. two. 
and then what was it? Uh, Final, uh, Resident Evil 7. So, more no, modern they're, games. They're just challenging them to play these games? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, just to uh, broaden their broaden each other's horizons. Oh. They they played each of those games they played for two, two hours. hours in two hour chunks. Oh. Yep. Which I thought was it, a good way to do it. It is. Oh. Uh, I would like to see us do something similar at some point. Dark Souls for That'd two hours doesn't, doesn't feel like enough. No, it's definitely not enough. It was enough for, I guess, uh, it was the first one, too. Oh. Which that's oh. yeah, that's a little rough around the edges as compared to two oh and three, you know. <laughs> as little as they hold your hand, I mean, one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, janky frame rates and all. So that was interesting, but that made me think of Portland. Uh, that's it for feedback. Oh, you, uh, Corey, quite you had a question from Valerie. Oh yeah. Uh, where do you go? I have one question to submit as feedback. If you're willing to remember, we are willing. We remembered. We Mission accomplished. The, the drunk guy remembered. There you go. Yeah, because I would have. Uh, I'm having a hard time in Zelda Breath of the Wild trying to decide what to do next. Did you guys tend to follow main quests or just wander around? Anything you regret doing too early or too late in the game? I'm about 25 hours in. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I regret my, nothing. Yeah, I regret nothing. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. Um, my experience with Zelda was a lot of, like, I'm just going to go in that direction and explore. Uh, that was how I found the most enjoyment in, in Breath of the Wild. The yep. one thing I regret, regret is kind of burning myself out on it and then uh, rushing through the last Hyrule Castle dungeon, which is supposedly the best, one of the best, if not the best part of the game. And I just, I was over it at that point. So I kind of just did the, 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 whatever you call it, super jump and floated a lot and just skipped a whole bunch, pretty much all of it to get to the yeah. last boss. Beat it. I kind of went wherever the wind took me. Uh, similar to you guys, just, I would be randomly doing just side stuff or exploring. And then I would be like, I feel like doing a story mission now. So I would go do a story mission. It was all 100% whatever I felt like doing in that very moment. Um, obviously most of that is exploring. The main story isn't actually very long in that game. Yeah. Um, so it was mostly just wandering around. And then like, I would be like, okay, I want to do the, the find the, the 12 pictures for the background story stuff. Um, so I would do that. That was the only thing that I re- like really uh, kind of focused on because you would look at the picture and try to figure out where, where it was on the map and you would go there and look around. Uh, so that took some time, but it, it, still I, I chose to do that, you know, when I wanted rather than following any specific pattern. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that's how that game should be played. You know, you just kind of go wherever, wherever you want, whenever you want, you know? Yeah. What was your playthrough like, Eric? Uh, pretty similar to you, Dan. I think I yeah. just got burned out like Corey did. Yeah. Um, just kind of ran around. Uh, I may have been a, stayed a little more focused to the main story than, than you had. Probably, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I almost definitely did. Yeah. Um, I have 105 hours. In yeah, the wild. yeah no, I certainly wouldn't, would not have approached that. I think my main thing I was trying to do was get to all four of the uh, the beasts. Did you do it? No, I did two of them and then I quit playing. Okay. Will you beat it too, right? I felt like I had seen what it had to offer. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I I did beat it. What I did was I explored all of the different regions first uh, and saw what they had to offer. Like I did the, I forgot what they're called, the tower. Yeah. Can't remember what they were specifically called in the game, but I did that and got like the entire map discovered. And then like I kind of bounced around from region to region that interests me the most uh, and tried to see like all the main cities so I could fast travel them to them uh so when i did decide to do the main story i could just you know go there get it done pretty quickly and get out uh that's sort of how i played it a lot of shrines i did a lot of that sort of stuff like i went to hyrule castle a few times for equipment yeah Um, i would raid hyrule hyrule castle occasionally just you know see what's see what's there grab some gear uh mm -hmm. fight a mini boss maybe and then peace out because i would be (laughs) depleted of all my resources yeah like some of the like the uh, dragon quests where you would have to get the scales and stuff like that like some of that was some of the coolest stuff in the game yeah um and that was all off the the beaten path especially the one in the um, the snow region yeah that's hard like, to hard to get to yeah it was super hard to get to and like you're battling this huge dra- it was so cool hmm? but yeah that's sort of how i played i did the story last and like i ran through it uh and like you did i did the the backstory the pictures yeah, I did I all that. All, all twelve of them. Yep. I only had to look up one. Which one? I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. It was one. The one of the it looked like a lot of different areas where it could have been. Oh, it was, it was probably the, one the, of the ones that that did, did, didn't stand out like a lot of the others. Yeah, it was probably one of the ones in the woods or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because I think that was the same one that I had to look up to. Okay. Anything else? No. That's it for feedback. Yep. All right. Let's do our game giveaway. Game Ooh. giveaway. We have three. Three entries. Three entries. Uh, we've got. Sorry. Tate is one. Tate is one. Alex two. Valerie three. And I owe Alex Overlord. That was the game okay. Alex chose from last week. So nice. Congrats on that win. That's a good pick. Uh, we need Google's famous random number generator. And it's R- RNG bullshit. One to three. And the winner is Tate. Tate. Is Tate the histologist or whatever? That is Alex. That is Alex, okay. Or no. Yes. It's Alex, right, Dan? Alex, yeah. emails. I can't. I mm-hmm. can't. Uh, so you have the options of games one through two hundred and seven. First one up is eighty one. Remember me? Oh, I like that game. That's too good of a game for us to give away. Well, it's it's yours, Dan. <laughs> I have it, and apparently you have a code for it too. <laughs> oh, oh, let's oh! Hope, I see what you mean. Let's hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were offering me the game. But that's not actually the case. The Walking Dead season then? one. <laughs> no, not today. It will next week, I promise. Walking Dead season one. Two good games. Good games, yeah. We're having a uh two good weeks here. Uh one eighty two, War of the Roses, Kingmaker. Decent. Yeah. Freedom Bloom Freesia. Decent. That's actually really highly reviewed on Steam. Oh yeah. All those games it's are. Got, it's got like a ninety five percent user right. score <laughs> all the games we pick on fairy fairy bloom freesia or whatever <laughs> it came up on my 
it came up on my uh on my uh, uh steam curator list or recommendations or whatever i don't know if maybe it heard me talking about it at one point you know how facebook on your phone will give you ads based on what you talk about mm-hmm. similar to that uh flat heroes is game number four i've heard the name game number five is husk husk keeps coming up doesn't it yeah i think we've gotten that maybe once before so tate your options are remember me which is is that an origin game was that yay no that's um don't nod i think yeah don't nod and i you was it ubisoft at the time it's like a ubisoft game uh remember remember me the walking dead season one war of the roses kingmaker flat heroes and husk Mm -hmm. okay anything else no no uh next week we don't know what we're doing right no games coming out that we can cover um we could talk more about everybody's golf possibly if uh will plays it too okay Ooh. I, would, I wouldn't mind doing a review episode on that. All right, let's plan on that. It's, it's one of those games, you know? Yeah, you know what I'll do? I'll see if I can get a couple people to come over that are not video gamers to play it with me. Uh-huh. Uh, couch co-op. Uh, I could probably talk my wife into it and our friend that lives down the road. That's a good idea. Yeah, and see, uh, just kind of see how that goes. And Will, you're going to be able to play a little everyone's golf, everybody's golf. I'll tell you what, I won't get off Skype tonight until Eric lets me sign into his PlayStation so I can download it. Oh, Will, Will and I got a lot of business to handle. <laughs> oh, it's going to take us hours, probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So that's potentially what we're doing for next week. So, um, yeah. That'll do it for episode 319 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. William. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. All right. Welcome, everyone, to mine and Corey's uh, season finale Game of Thrones recap. We are going to recap season seven, episode seven, the the dragon and the wolf or the wolf and the dragon. I think it's the dragon and the wolf dragon and the wolf. That sounds better than wolf and the dragon. Yeah. Uh, Season finale. uh, We don't know how long it's going to be until like season starts. Some people estimate like October next year, some people estimate it'll be not until early 2019. Uh, either way, it's too long to wait. But so the episode opens up in King's Landing. It shows the Unsullied uh, lined up outside King's Landing, obviously. Show the of Unsullied. Force. Show of Force, yeah. And the Unsullied and then the Dothraki charging up, up to the walls. 
Uh, Jamie and Braun have a little conversation about men without cocks. And uh, Jamie kind of comes to the realization that everything's it's all about cock, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a funny uh, funny realization. Because, uh-huh. you know, uh, Braun said, <laughs> said he wouldn't fight an army if he had no wiener. <laughs> um, obviously, it's not for gold because soldiers send their, spend their gold on broth in brothels. So who knows? Uh, and then shows Euron's fleet outside King's Landing, and uh, Daenerys what four ships bringing bringing the people in. Uh, the Hound goes down to check on the white, taps on the taps on the crate to make sure it's still in there, and it starts banging around. Um, when they all get there, Cersei is uh, a little bit unhappy that Daenerys isn't there yet. Um, she gives orders to the Mountain to uh, kill Daenerys first. Then Tyrion, then John, if anything bad happens. Uh, and then he can kind of kill at will after that. Uh, on the way, Jorah, Masande, and Tyrion talk about the dragon pits and the history of them and how putting uh, dragons were put in there because it was unsafe to have them roaming around. That's an interesting observation by Jorah. Because they didn't uh, have any, I guess, ideas of ownership, right? I don't know. They just kind of did what they wanted. Yes. Uh, the Bron meets him there. Brienne and Pod were already there uh, from earlier. Um, Tyrion and Pod are happy to see each other. Um, someone asks the Hound what's in the box. One of the Lannister soldiers, and he, in the hound, true Hound fashion, tells him to f off. Uh, the Hound and Brienne chat. This was probably my first uh, favorite little moment from the. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of good moments earlier on. Early on in this episode. Um, Brian apologizes, and but tells the Hound uh, Arya's alive, uh, he, and he seems happy to happy to hear that, and pleased that she's become kind of dang, a dangerous killer, because uh, Brian tells tells the Hound you're you know it comes up that Brian's there to protect Arya and Sansa, and the Hound's like, well, why aren't you protecting her now? And uh, Brian says, because she doesn't need protection. The only one that needs protection is someone who gets in her way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a nice moment. You could tell the Hound was pleased that she was still alive and, and doing well. In the very subtle way that you can tell the Hound is pleased about anything. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrion was also trying to get Bronn to join their side. Um, bringing up an earlier line that he's told Bronn, it was in the first season. Uh, Whatever they're paying you, I'll pay double. Um, but Bronn seems to be doing pretty well for himself. Uh, but they're glad to see each other. Uh, so they leave the white behind and head into the dragon pit. Uh, in the bre- in the dragon pit, Bronn and Pod leave to have a drink. Uh, the Hound and Tyrion have a little, little back and forth about how every bad idea is thought of by a Lannister. And uh, Tyrion says, well, uh, Clegane... See you next Tuesday is is the one carrying out the carrying out the bad plan. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did you want to chime in on anything that that we've talked about so far, Corey? This is kind I don't of, think is a long, so. It's a long scene. It is a long scene. It was really well done, I thought overall. Yeah. It kind of got to me though the amount of like glances that was that was yeah captured on screen just kind of became silly after a while. Like 
characters that have interacted in the past just like glancing at each other you know and it just happened yeah. over and over and over again and I, I don't know i just thought it was kind of silly but sure I, I i get it i'm not upset about it but it did come off as kind of silly sure um yeah and then the, the uh cersei cersei party comes out uh my wife pointed out that i very much loved cersei's dress in this part it's fabulous mm. was it not fabulous good job dan what? Are you it, I didn't even me? notice, to be honest with you. What? How it's dare you? Dress. It's her power dress. It's it was a it was a black like uh, it was patterned uh, with kind of like a hoopy bottom to it, and then like uh, matte black like shoulders. Uh, oh yeah, it was awesome. Yep, I know what you're talking about. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of glares back and forth, like you said, Corey. Uh, the hound goes right up to the mountain and says, "Remember me? You know who's coming for you. You've always known." Not really sure what that means, but I think it means the hound is coming for the mountain. That was what I thought. Okay. That's what jumped into my head. People I was watching with said Aria. And then one of the podcasts that I listened to, they said it was the Night King because he's dead. Mm. So he was like, will be immediately conscripted into the Night King's army. I guess. But at the same time, like you've always known who's coming for you. That seems like that goes back a long time, like even before the Night King, I would think. Good point. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe anyway. it's meant to be. Well, he he's not on Arya's list, is he? The mountain? Yeah. I think he is or was is. at some at one point, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz uh, cuz of her cuz of her time in Harrenhal, she wanted she wanted to kill the mountain. Yeah, and uh, the Hound knows about Arya's list. She used to recite it yeah. every night when they were together. So, Yep, and he gave her the opportunity to smash his head in with a rock because yeah. he was on her list. <laughs> yeah, my, my vote's for Arya, but who knows? No, I still I still say it's the actual Hound is coming for him as payback for what he did to him as a child. But... Uh, well, I... I, I, I played out the hierarchy of that in my head so uh-huh. the mountain is going to kill the hound aria's clegane bowl yeah, yeah i think the mountain wins and uh, then aria it's, it's poetic if aria then kills avenges the hound avenges the hound him. yeah man i don't know i would not want to see clegane bowl go down that way though I would like for Brienne and the Hound to to take on the Mountain together. Both lose. Oh which, no! Which upsets Arya and Jamie. So Jamie, then Arya yeah. kills the Mountain, and then somebody almost kills Arya, but Jamie saves her, and then Jamie kills Cersei. I had the the hierarchy figured out in my head, and now I forgot how I had it. That would be interesting to watch. That would make for great television. I would <laughs> yeah. probably die watching that, but that would be insane. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Cersei again gets frustrated that Daenerys isn't there, um, but then you hear Drogon. Danny Daenerys makes her grand entrance on the back of Drogon, and you see Rhaegal off in the distance. Um, that was pretty good, though. That line Cersei's like, "We've been waiting some time." Yeah. And Daenerys is just like, "Sorry." Yeah, my apologies. And, like then, and, and then they just moved on. Yeah. Uh, so then Tyrion gets up and tries to start the 
the Queen's Moot, as they're they're calling it. Uh, Euron, though, interrupts, gets a bit too big for his britches, tells Theon he'll kill Yara if he doesn't submit to him. Um, and everyone's like, just sit down. You know, we don't we don't have time for this. Even uh, even Cersei is just like, just knock it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. This isn't your show. Yeah. Um, so Tyrion uh, says we are a group of people who do not like one another. We could wage war uh, in perpetuity if we all wanted to. Um, but why we're here. So John jumps up. It's about the living in the living versus the dead. Uh, he's asking for a truce, a temporary truce. And that's all just while they deal with the enemy in the North. Um, the hound goes down, brings up the white. Uh, this part made me nervous because he opens the box and nothing was going on. I was like, Oh great. It's finally quote unquote died or rotted. Yeah. Beyond thing, uh, beyond, uh, its ability to uh, reanimate or whatever. Well, they did a good job of of uh, planting the seed of doubt when the hound told the guard, like, don't touch it. And the yeah. guard was like, what's in the box? You know, so yeah. they thought yeah. there might be some tampering that happens. I'm like, why would they leave the box alone at any point? Yeah, yeah. Keep that but... under guard. So, yeah, he tips it over. Uh, and sure enough, the white's alive and well and charges directly at Cersei. Um, is this the first time you actually see like fear in Cersei's eyes I can't think of another time where you see Cersei legitimately scared I'm sure there's probably a time with the sparrows I don't know if she She looks scared as much as she did angry she came pretty close to death a few times yeah but yeah you see her legitimately scared it was it was kind of crazy um yeah, but but the hound uh, has it on a chain, pulls it down, cuts it in half. It's still kind of crawling towards towards everyone trying to, you know, feet, I guess. Uh, Kyburn runs over to investigate the severed hand, of course, being Kyburn being interested in uh, undead, I guess. Mm-hmm. So John does a demonstration on how they can be destroyed by burning the hand, by lighting, lighting it on fire, um, which, you know, was kind of neat. Uh, but then he stabs it with dragon glass and says you can kill it that way too. Poof. Yep, stabs it dead and it drops and doesn't doesn't move again. Uh, so John says there's only one war that matters. Uh, Daenerys says she doesn't doesn't believe believe what believe it until she saw it. Uh, Jamie's curious how many um, how many undead are there. Uh, Daenerys says at least a hundred thousand. So. Everyone seems shocked by that. Euron asks if they can swim. Uh, John says no. Um, he says Euron says he's been around the world. The only thing that's the only thing that's actually terrified him. So he threatens to go back to the Iron Islands and and leave everyone to fend for themselves and and takes off. Cersei calls him a coward, uh, but she says the crown accepts the truce until the dead are defeated. Uh, but John Snow, King of, King of the North, uh, won't be able to be a part of Cersei's war. So, or the Cersei Daenerys war, they'll have to f- fight it out themselves without the help of the North. Uh, she says she ha- is asking that because he's Ned Stark's son and will be true to his word. Um, but John can't accept that bargain. Can't lie and says he has to. He has sworn allegiance to Daenerys. Um, so. Everyone gets uh, kind of pissy at that point. Um, Daenerys is pissed at John. 
Tyrion's pissed at John. Cersei's pissed at John and, and leaves, says they're good as dead. Um, Jamie, so yeah, Cersei and, and uh, Jamie and her entourage get up to leave. Um, Brienne catches Jamie, says, Talk to the queen. This is bigger than houses and nobles and all that stuff. It's, you know, the war. Um, Davos says, I wish you hadn't done that, Danny. Or Davos, I wish you hadn't done that. And Daenerys says, My dragon died for nothing. Uh, Tyrion says, can't you just lie for once? But Jon says, no, to lies because after a while, words start meaning nothing if you keep keep lying. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyrion decides to... Well, go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, honorable man. Yep, honorable man. Uh, Tyrion decides the only way to get Cersei to change her mind is if he goes and talks to her himself. Uh, everyone's like, no, she's going to kill you. Uh, a few other people volunteer to go. But Tyrion says, no, they will definitely, she'll definitely kill you. But uh, he ends up going himself. Um, so he sees out, he sees Jamie outside the room. Um, Jamie says Cersei thinks he's an idiot for believing Tyrion for one and trusting Tyrion for another. Uh, but Tyrion says he's the idiot because Cersei tried to kill him twice that he knows of. And he's going to talk to her alone. So he thinks he's actually the idiot. Uh, and then Tyrion and Cersei have their long-awaited meeting after uh, the death of Tywin. Um, softened a little bit by the fact that Cersei finally knows that Tyrion didn't kill Joffrey. Mm-hmm. I think that helped in the situation. I think if uh, if Cersei still thought Tyrion killed Joffrey, that uh, he'd probably be dead at this point. But yeah, um, there's a, a I don't know if you're. But, how much you're how specific you're going to get with that scene. But there are a couple of moments I really liked, uh, namely when it seemed like she might kill Tyrion. Yes. And, um, not. and then he goes and pours himself a glass of wine. Yeah. So <laughs> pours her a glass of wine. Oh, that, that was a, that was a great scene. So yeah, he's, he pretty much, he threatens Cersei. Just, just kill me. If you hate me that much, just kill me. Yep. Um, and the hound, not the hound, the mountain kind of draws his sword. And you can tell Tyrion like braces. And when he realizes that Cersei's not actually going to have him killed, he's like, Whew. like there's a lot of, a lot of, emo- it, it's hard to even describe like how much emotion was there, but it was like, he was legitimately terrified, you know, mm-hmm. he, as a person and an actor, you know, that's, that's how much you could feel his, his fear. And yeah, he walks over and pours himself a glass of wine and chugs it down and pours one for Cersei and, uh, Pours one for himself. I was hoping uh, that was a ploy for him to poison her, and she died. Oh, him to po- him to poison her. Oh, I never <laughs> yeah, thought about that. that I, I thought I thought she might have poisoned the wine, knowing that he was going to drink it. But uh, I, really, she wouldn't need to poison him. There would be no reason for that. She could just have the mountain kill him if yep. she wanted him dead. Yep. Uh, but he does say, you know, I loved your children. I loved, you know. Uh, not Joffrey, because obviously Joffrey was a monster, but but Tommen and, and Marcella, he he did legitimately love and feels bad about their about their deaths. Yeah. Uh, oh, so at that point, Cersei says when the white came at her, all she cared about was her family. She puts her hand on her stomach, um, and Tyrion realizes that she's pregnant. How do we feel about this? I think Cersei's just playing or I think she's actually pregnant. 
Do you think she's actually pregnant? I do. Okay. Um. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I. I don't know why she'd lie about it. Manipulation to control, try and control Jamie. But she had no issue saying sayonara to Jamie. If if she didn't, if she made an effort to keep Jamie around, then I say I would say okay, maybe she is. Uh, okay. And hilarious here, but uh, everybody knows Cersei loves nothing more than her children. She's always right. been that way. Right. So I think there's something to that that she was willing to let Jamie go a little bit later on in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for jumping ahead, but um, she was willing to let him go. Makes me think she actually does have a child. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get there momentarily. Uh, so back at the dragon pit, John is kind of scuffing around looking at looking at the the dragon bones the dragons are obviously tiny none of the big dragon bones are left they're uh, like cat-sized dog-sized dragon bones john and daenerys have a conversation she's daenerys says it's the beginning of the end of our family uh the dragon pits because dragons are not slaves so once they got put into the the chambers that they were they got smaller and smaller and smaller and more sick and and died out um and she says so did her family, but John says you're not like everyone else. You're still here, um, and he questions if Daenerys can really have kids or not. Uh, we, you know, Miri Mazduel not being the most reliable source on whether or not Daenerys can have kids again. Yeah. So I also thought maybe uh, maybe this is a Kyburn creation inside of her. What makes you say that? Oh no, I'm sorry. I, Daenerys. Sorry, I thought we were still on Cersei. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, Daenerys. Yeah. What makes you think there's a Kyburn creation? In She's always doing weird things with Kyburn. She is. Oh, okay. You think it's his baby? Not, not that he impregnated her, but maybe he did some sort of weird wizardry. Huh. Or, yeah, maybe uh, inseminated her or something with... with some uh, sort of weird alchemy. Jamie's baby matter. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that line was, uh, I laughed out loud to that line at John. Like, how do you know for sure? <laughs> like, come on guy. Jesus. Can you that's, lay it on any more thick? That, yeah. That's, uh, that's like a gym bro line, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sorry right through that one. How do you know? You can't bastard. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they say the the Whites and Cersei are both threats, um, and that Tyrion was right there. Heft. Um, notes. Where was I? Okie dokie. Oh, this is the same page. That's why I was confused. Uh, okay, so Tyrion comes back with Cersei and crew behind him. Um, Cersei says, we will fight alongside you in the Great War. And then when it's over, you'll remember that I helped. And that's all. Mm. Um, yeah. So on to Winterfell. Sans and Littlefinger are together. There's a letter about John bending the knee to Daenerys. Littlefinger says she's quite beautiful, and uh, a political alliance here makes sense. Um, but John, And that John can be unnamed as King of the North. But Ari would not go along with it, uh, would kill anyone that betrayed her family. Um, Sansa says, do you know what Arya is? Littlefinger doesn't 
doesn't seem to know that well. Um, he has heard of the faceless man men, but doesn't really know what they're capable of, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he says he plays a game. He assumes the worst, um, assumes the worst, worst possible, uh, consequences for everyone's actions or reasons for everyone's actions. Um, how well does their reason explain what they say and do? Sansa says she could want me dead. Uh, letter is proof of betrayals, and then she'll want to be the lady of Winterfell. So, uh, back at Dragonstone, what do you think of that scene, Corey? Any 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 thoughts? Uh, no, I thought Peter Baelish. I was talking to somebody else about it. I, he's sort of become a caricature of himself in these last few episodes. I just he's just too slimy, too over the top, too obvious. You know? Yeah, it's not subtle. Yeah. At all. I mean, yeah. Well, I was gonna say one of my favorite things about him in the earlier seasons was you never knew what his reasons were for doing things. Yeah. And, and you're right now; it's a little too obvious what he's what he's trying to do. Yeah, and somebody so. brought up the same point you brought up. Like he's just out of options at this. He point. Pa- yeah, but he painted himself into a corner. I don't. I don't. I. I don't know. I. Don't, I didn't see it enough. I really mm-hmm. didn't. But let, we'll finish the. The, the story arc before we talk more about it. Yeah. Uh, on to Dragonstone. So they're playing for the trip to Winterfell. John suggests he and Danny Daenerys go together to show their alliance. <laughs> um, yeah. Jorah says an interesting thing about someone trying to assassinate her. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was interesting. That's probably worth remembering. I would think. Um, he says, you know, someone's willing to risk a crossbow shot to slay the conqueror you know, Daenerys Stormborn. So a very interesting thought there that will probably come up again at some point. Or, or Jorah was just trying to prevent Danny from riding on the boat with John. Uh, that could be very well what he was thinking about too. Cause he did kind of give them a look Yeah, after he was shot down and they decided to go on the boat. <laughs> Poor Jorah. <laughs> Poor jo- friend zone. Jorah, there's, sp- there's special dating sites for people your age. It's all right. <laughs> like you'll find someone. Yep, friend zoned. Friend zoned again, Jorah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on, on his way, on John and Davos's way out, Theon stops him. Um, Theon's in awe of John, uh, risking all to tell the truth. Uh, says he always, John always knew it was right. Um, Theon says he has had an impossible choice: Stark or Greyjoy. Raises a Stark, born as a Greyjoy. Um, he, but John says you you betrayed father, but you never lost him. He's always going to be a part of you, um, and that John will forgive the forgivable actions of uh, Theon. Uh, Theon says Yara's the only one who tried to save me. Uh, so John says, "Why are you still talking to me? Go save her." Yeah, doesn't say go save her, but implies it in his language. Good scene. It is a good scene. Liked that one a lot. It's nice to see him not threatening Theon. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, Theon goes down to the remaining Greyjoy crew, tells them they can't leave. They Yara's been left behind, and they can go save her. Uh, and then Theon and the captain of the Greyjoy fleet at that point uh, start a fist fight. Theon's getting his butt kicked, uh, but then when he tries to knee Theon in the balls, it doesn't exactly work out for him. Because uh, Theon has no balls, so that's where he takes the upper hand and uh, 
I don't know. Does he kill? End up killing the guy? It's hard to tell. Seemed like he died. Seems like he died from this, getting bludgeoned in the face. Yeah, this was another scene I thought was silly. Uh, probably actually the only part I, I kind of disliked. I liked the okay. fight, but the fact that the guy kneed him in the balls and then like all of a sudden he was rejuvenated and beat the crap out of the guy. Like, come on. Right. You know, it's just yeah. silly. I, somebody tweeted like, oh, Theon's magic power was not having testicles. <laughs> And that's how it felt. It was just dumb sure. like that. Sure. Um, yeah, it feel, felt like he was kind of getting the reek out of him at that point. So hopefully he's freed of reek now and can be effective for once. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Back at Winterfell. Okay, so Sansa's in the, in the, uh, the Great Hall, I guess. Says, have my sister brought in. Arya comes in to face Sansa and Bran. Uh, she's surrounded by Knights of the Vale on one side and Stark soldiers on the other. Uh, she says, it's not what I want, but it's what honor demands. Um, betrayal, murder, and treason are the charges. How do you answer these charges? And then she turns to Lord Baelish. Good stuff. Good stuff. I was very surprised at all I this. liked it. I did too. I think I think we kind of saw it coming. Like maybe they're sure. playing Littlefinger all along. I think we talked about that quite a bit, but uh, it was a it was a fun scene to watch. And I guess yeah. that's all I could ask for at this point. You know, it was it was a good scene to watch. I I don't think that they were playing Littlefinger all along. I think where Sansa realized uh, Littlefinger was playing them was when she was playing the game with with Littlefinger. And she, she, I think she knew that Arya would have no interest in being the Lady of Winterfell, and I think that's when she realized that Arya is actually not going to try to kill me for that. She's maybe just trying to keep me in line here. I think they were legitimately feuding a little bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly at what point either, but um, I think there was a deleted scene right with bran explaining to them yeah i actually didn't watch that i should have but i didn't watch it before and that makes sense hear about it hear about it anyway and that makes sense because bran was part of the whole reveal like and he said some things to indicate that he did go and and have a look at some stuff you know yep Yep. so they did they did use him uh which i i said they should have done from the start you know yep but uh yeah it was was, i guess my biggest complaint is the entire little finger story arc of this season, I thought was a major letdown, you know, the, the master manipulator, just, just anemic in this season had nothing. Literally. He made no progress and it's such a major turnaround from where he was in the last six seasons, you know? And there's really, even, even in season six though, he didn't, I don't remember him doing all that much other than getting the Knights of the Vale to come to the aid of, yeah, and that was another part of it too. Like, that was really important, and he he crafted that whole thing, you know. Yeah, and and they just slit his throat. I mean, I get it. Like, he did some bad things and did, betrayed some, the wrong people and stuff like that. But I don't know. I guess it was poetic that they slit his throat, you know, because you're a talker. He's a talker. But <laughs> he's a talker. And again, the scene was fun to watch, but I just I'm yeah. really it, it seemed like the the 
arc of Littlefinger was Act One and Act Three, with no Act Two. You know. Yeah. Like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, dumb, stupid. Got outsmarted by the most gullible family in Westeros. Yeah, I mean, Sansa even says, I'm a slow learner. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was a little (laughs) disappointed. uh, Yeah. Uh, Just to recap the scene. So, uh, Littlefinger says, Sansa, I'm confused. Uh, So, they repeat the charges. Murdered. Murdered Liza, conspired to kill John Aaron, sent a letter saying the Lannisters did it. Uh, got got Liza to send send one. Uh, started the Stark and Lannister feud, which led to Ned's death. Uh, and Bran chips in here, says you held a knife to Ned's throat. The knife belonged to you, not Tyrion. Uh, Littlefinger says he protected Sansa. Uh, but Sansa, again, like I said, played the little game, assumed the worst. Um except with Littlefinger's actions uh, and what he likes to do is turn families against families. Um, Littlefinger says he deserves the right to defend himself. Uh, he loved Kat, um, but Sansa says you betrayed her. He loves Sansa. Sansa said you betrayed me. Um, Sansa thanks him for all his lessons. And then uh, Arya slits his throat and he's still trying to talk even with his throat slit. Yes, he is. You think he's trying to say I love you, but we're not really sure about what exactly he's trying to say. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, fun to scene to watch. Um, but yeah, the, like I agree, the, the little finger arc was very disappointing this season. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I, I like to think it's just a little finger painted himself into a corner that he just couldn't get out of. He had no no other options. Other than to try to try and turn the Stark girls against each other, I mean, uh, I feel like he could have done nothing though. Here, you know, just kind of went along for the ride for a little bit, rather than right. trying to force his way into something that could potentially well, get him killed. It was he was reactive; he wasn't proactive, yeah. right? I don't know. I, even like, I feel like a conversation would have satiated it, like him trying something with a different family somewhere else, and then being like. You know, like, I don't know, or if he's reaching out to certain houses and stuff and they're like, oh, they're dead. Oh, they're dead, too. They're dead, too. And then him coming to the realization that it's the Starks are his only option right now. And like to him for him to get that sense that he was slipping there, too, and like trying to regain power or something. I I, I just feel like there's there's a few conversations that could have been had that would have made it. Yeah, made it look like he painted himself into a corner. Right. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> All right. King's Landing. So uh, it shows Jamie preparing parent preparing the troops to head north. Uh, Cersei's like, what are you doing? Uh, you're the stupidest Lannister. <laughs> what? Why? Why insult Jamie? Um, so she reveals that it was all a lie. Uh, Jamie says, I made a promise. Our child will never be born if I don't go north and, and you know, help fight. Cersei says, let the monsters kill each other. Um, Jamie's like, well, the winner's going to come back and kill us all, whether it's the White Walkers who win and come and kill us all, or it's the uh, Northerners who we betrayed. If they win, they'll come and kill us all. Uh, oh, at this point, Cersei wonders what happened to the third dragon. Uh, obviously, it wasn't said at the Queen's Moot what, what happened to the third dragon, what happened to Viserion. 
Um, so she thinks they're vulnerable. She says, we have the Iron Bank on our side. The Golden Company has 20,000 men on their way. She reveals that she plotted with Euron for him to leave during that. Uh, and he's going to ferry the Golden Company back over to Westeros to carry out their orders. Uh, so Jamie's going to leave anyway. And uh, she has the mountain. The mountain is uh, menacing. Jamie, I guess. Uh, Cersei says people don't walk out on me. And uh, Jamie wants to go anyway. So they have a little standoff. I really thought Jamie was going to get killed here. I don't know about what you, how you felt about it, Corey. Yeah, I did. Uh, that, that, Stop. What are you doing? Go. Gim- Gimli's having a party. God. That, uh, that ranks up there as one of the most intense moments for me in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because everything indicated that that this was it, and then she nods, and then he's calls her bluff and walks away. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Maybe the mountain did the mountain hold back there? I thought the nod was kill him. Yeah, I That's did too. What I thought, I'm like, oh my god, and, and he then drew he a just sword past him. So maybe maybe the mountain just wasn't going to kill Jamie anyway. I don't know. I think I think Cersei would have reacted differently if the mountain refused to yeah like what are you doing kill him yeah something okay i'm Um, trying to i'm trying to think about game of thrones in a more straightforward way because i think we talked about this an episode or two ago how like people had all these crazy theories about things but the only thing that ended up being kind of crazy the simplest and simplest explanation right the only thing that ended up being somewhat crazy was the john snow reveal you know that's really the only thing that was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when Jamie realizes that the mountain's not going to kill him, I, again, I thought Jamie was dead here. Uh, it made me shit myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I don't believe you. And then off he goes. Then shows him riding off into the snow, and, and snow starts falling uh, in the area outside of King's Landing, which was a beautiful sequence, I thought. It was a very beautiful sequence. Uh, do you think Jamie doesn't believe Cersei about the pregnancy? I think he does. He, I think he's he's. What doesn't he believe her about then? Because that's he, what I thought. He he knows that they need to win. If he wants, if any of those people are to survive, they need to win this war with yeah. the undead. And sure. I think Jamie knows that, and he's like, "This is the best chance I have to save Cersei and my child, and I'm going to go do it." So okay. I think he's on his way to Winterfell to join the. Join the fray. So he he doesn't believe Cersei that betraying everyone is is their best option, right? Okay, I catch you. He I think he's terrified. He he sees the threat and knows that it needs to be dealt with if anybody's going to survive. Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I prefer that than him not believing Cersei about being pregnant. That makes more sense. Um, okay, on to Winterfell. Uh, Sam and Gilly arrive at Winterfell. Uh, Sam and Bran and Bran have a have a little chat. Uh, two perfect characters to come together. Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch them together. For it sure, was very, very, very fun. A couple of weirdos. Um, <laughs> so, so Bran's like, "Why'd you come to Winterfell?" Uh, Sam came to help John. Uh, John and Daenerys are on their way, and. Uh, Sam's like, did you see that in, in, in one of your visions? And, and Bran holds up the scroll. He's like, no. Yeah. Raven. Uh, yeah. 
but then uh, Bran says, John needs to know uh, the truth about what he is. Um, so he goes into the, the whole that uh, John is not the so- bastard son of Ned Stark. He is the bastard son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. Uh, so Bran-, Bran says he's actually a sand. Sam is like, no, he's not a sand. He... Uh, annulled Rhaegar's merit. Uh, he, Sam transcribed the the notes from uh, 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 Maester's private private diary. I guess that he had annulled Rhaegar's marry marriage to uh, Elia Martell and remarried him to Lyanna Stark. Uh-huh. So, Bran's like, oh, so he goes to the wedding and it it shows the wedding uh, between Lyanna. Lyanna Stark and, and Rhaegar Targaryen. Uh, Robert's Rebellion was built on a lie. Rhaegar actually did love Lyanna, and Lyanna loved Rhaegar. Yeah, it was a nice, nice scene. Uh-huh. Um, shows John and Nerys on a boat banging with Tyrion kind of looking sad in the distance. I have a thought about that. Yep, let's hear it. So... We've now seen at least two scenes that ended uh, with Tyrion still in conversation with Jamie and Cersei. Yes, that I think I think those are scenes we could have seen, right? Yeah, makes me a little nervous that those scenes were cut where they were. A cut, or or do you think they just don't want us to know the information that was in there yet? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. No, I know. I think I think what happened here, and I read this a few different places. Some other people thought this is um, Tyrion knows that Cersei has no intention on honoring her bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just wanted everyone to move on from it and head up north and try to do their best. So I think that's okay. why he looks sad. That's interesting. My thought was that he. He doesn't know that. Uh, he thinks Cersei is going to join them with the caveat that he promised Cersei he would convince John to uphold what Cersei oh. originally asked. Could be, yeah. And when he realized that Cersei or Danny and John were getting it on, he's like, "Oh crap, my God, God, yeah, God I'm not gonna, harder. I'm not gonna be able to do that now." Yeah, that that's that's a good thought. That was my thought. Sure, that make that would make total. There's definitely more to the what their conversation, like you said, that we didn't see that we'll find out at some point. Yeah, I don't think it's as as cut and dry as as the show made it made it out to seem. One of the other podcasts I was listening to was saying like everybody knew everything that was going to happen this season with all the leaks and everything. Yeah, which really sucks. First of all, but apparently there's a couple more like huge things that people already know about that are yeah. floating around. You really, you really have to be careful because I actually had the, um, uh, the Viserion thing spoiled for me. Mm. I was, I was on the Game of Thrones subreddit, like I swore I wouldn't do. I, I would read a, a theory occasionally, and it was a theory about uh, a, the death of one of the dragons. So I clicked on it, and it said exactly what happened in in, C, in episode six. Uh, which you know I would have just read as a, a theory, but people underneath it posted uh, said don't post known spoilers as a as your own you know theories. Yeah. So I was like, oh great, well that's that's ruined for me now. 
Yeah. So you really have to be careful. Yeah, it's a I warning. don't like I don't care if people want to know this stuff in advance. That's fine. But don't try to spoil it for other people. Which is happening well, a lot. Even the people that like the people that wrote underneath it shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Because then I knew it was a known spoiler. Otherwise, it would have just been a, an interesting theory. Right. You know? And nobody cares that you're the first or second or third. You know, nobody cares that you're in the know and a lot of people aren't. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I prefer to consume my Game of Thrones. It just Sunday makes Sunday nights asshole. once a week. Yeah. yeah. Like when it's meant to be seen. And part of it, too, is like a lot of time and effort is put into. Uh, into these shows and it's just like the least we can do in addition to our you know twelve dollars a month or whatever however much game of thrones or hbo is like the least we can do is honor that like to watch it when they want us to yeah. and it's already delivered to us almost immediately on demand in high def you know for a it's, it's inexpensive glorious. amount without like no commercials i mean yeah it's glorious. Yeah, I'm. Ac- I'm actually going to buy the Blu-ray set of seasons one through six. Yeah, why not? It's, it's worth it because we, me and my wife, watch it so much that I won't want to pay HBO now just to watch Game of Thrones repeatedly. I'll just buy the yeah. buy the Blu-rays. But that's still that's giving them 140 bucks or whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, back back to the. Uh, you find out John's name is actually Aegon Targaryen. Now people had thought it might have been Jaehaerys Targaryen, but it's actually Aegon Targaryen. Um, yeah, John and Daenerys banging. What do you think about that, Corey? We've been wanting to see that for a while. I, uh, I mean, I, I questioned whether there was any romantic spark at all. Uh, yeah, I told my. Ago? Oh, okay, yeah. When we were talking. Uh, you told me I was wrong, and you were right, but I don't think I don't think they have as much chemistry as they should. That's exactly what my wife said, and she didn't realize that until watching their love scene. Um, I think they were just two horny teenagers that were hot and wanted to bang. You know, I mean, I don't blame either of them. Sure, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but I think that that's what what was happening there. Yeah, I guess you know if I was a king and there was a queen and we were young and hot, yeah, single, just get your nut. Both <laughs> yeah. of you get your nut. Do your thing. <laughs> You're old that's, enough to yeah. make these decisions now. Yep. So that's what that's what I think happened. You think John's making her pregnant? No, actually, I don't. I think she's first to go next season. I really do. I told my wife I think she's going to sacrifice. Once she finds out that John's actually the legitimate heir to the Iron Throne, I think she sacrifices herself to save him. Yeah, it's it's going to be something like that. And I think John and Sansa get married. Political. Oh, there you go, Dan. I didn't even think of that. I said that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Unite the North and the Iron Throne. Are they going to bang in the series, you think? I don't know if they will. I'd like to see that, yes, but I don't know if they will. Uh... Anywho, <laughs> back to Winterfell. Uh, so Sansa and Arya are having a conversation. They're on the battlements where there had been a few stark conversations before. Uh, Sansa asks, there's Arya, asks if you're okay. Sansa says Arya is the strongest person that she knows. Uh, even though she's very strange and annoying. 
Um, in winter, we must protect ourselves, look after one another. The lone wolf dies and the pack survives. They both both miss Ned. Then it shows Bran in the the uh, Godswood warging, um, but it doesn't say specifically what he's doing. I assumed he was uh, monitoring Eastwatch for the for the uh, showing of the Night's King, but you don't really know. You see Tormund and Beric overlooking the the forest outside, uh, just just north of the wall. And then here comes the dead, the army of the dead. Out of nowhere uh, comes Viserion, flying fast like supersonic. You know, he looked like a jet plane more than a, a dragon it's in this. Dragon this on part. steroids. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it part probably part of it has to do with uh, the his his mount. The guy, you know, the Night King doesn't have to worry about freezing to death while he's flying around on him. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, he starts firing at the wall, um, brings it down. No problem. Pretty on the wall. Yep, the dead start walking through. Um, we assume Tormund and Beric Dundarian survive, but we don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure they got to the western part of the wall that didn't come down. Tormund's, yeah. Not, yeah. not really sure. Tor- Herman's not going to die because a wall fell on him. He's going to die that's, in battle. That's what I think too. Uh, same with Beric. Yeah, you know he's been brought back to life enough. I know. I know uh, Thoros is no longer with us, but yeah, I didn't think he'd go falling on the wall. So, yep, it shows the dead invading the north for the last scene of the episode. What's the logistics of this? So, can can the Night King? Uh, just fly around on the dragon and just wake up all the dead people all over Westeros. Oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. Like people put in their graves and Man. there's a lot of recent people put in their graves because of all the wars. So it's still skeletons that could come out of the ground and fight. Yeah. I never even thought about that. That's kind of scary. I mean, he could just fly to King's Landing and light the whole place on fire and there's an army in King's Landing for him, you know? Yeah. I never thought about that. I wonder if that's going to happen. Like that dragon has to die quick. Yeah, agreed. But it's gonna make waiting all that much more painful. Yeah, I uh, overall though, like, I wasn't crazy about this season. I think it ended up okay overall. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think what it did well though is it just yeah, it kind of expedited things. But I think we're in a good place uh, that there's plenty of time to take their time in this last season. Uh-huh. If you think about it, like most of the loose ends are tied up. Yeah, there's really not much. Like it's just the the like the final conflicts between who's going to win the Iron Throne and who's going right. to win the war between the living and the dead. So they have what did they say six episodes? Six episodes that are feature length. So you're looking at probably at least an hour and a half each. Yeah, that's. I think that's. I think that's a good amount of time to tell the the end of the story. Sure. I really. I really do. Yeah. I, and I wonder how much of it, like they said at the start of the season, it's like, okay, we're only going to do two more seasons of this. Let's let's make this season the kind of weird, uh, weirdly paced, like crazy, maybe too fast, uh, missing some things season, and then we'll just make that last season really awesome. Yeah, here's hoping. I mean, here's hoping it doesn't take too goddamn long because I'm impatient. They just want to be over it. I think they're they're ready to be done. Yeah, I I, mean, I even think like the actors and stuff want to move on to other projects and stuff. So and they it's, all it's could, a lot. Like, 
there's so many of there's so much talent uh, on yeah. the show that uh, they they should want to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I I did enjoy the the season finale, especially the the early like the dragon pit scenes between the yeah. you know conversation dialogue. That's what I that's what ultimately like the reason why I fell in love with the show, mm-hmm. the political intrigue and the dialogue between the characters. Well, and just so. like those those characters that have a conversation that have six seasons of history between or seven seasons of history between them you know yeah and that's why i got so annoyed when they introduced euron and like made euron and it's like i just don't care about you just go yeah just go away sure i think that's... euron was more for the book people the book readers he's a much much more important character in the books than he is and, in the show yeah and that's fine but uh speaking of that while we're on the subject i wonder like cersei knew they were bringing the white she had to have. I would think so. She's got a good the, spy uh, network of spies. Well, the plot was in place. What do you mean? The plot was in place before the white was there because Euron knew to say, I'm leaving, you know, like all that. I mean, maybe maybe she just left it up to Euron to decide what moment he was actually going to leave. Like if it, you know, like if negotiations weren't going well between the sides, he'd be like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with your dragons. I'm just going to, I'm just out of here. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's one way to explain it. I just think there's been too many of uh, those instances to it not be her getting information from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like, like she said, she, she knows everything that comes in and goes out of King's Landing. So it's very possible that she knew that that's what they were bringing. I think what surprised her when it popped out of there is that it flew right at her immediately, you know? And, and what was the mountain doing? Nothing. Like, isn't, that, isn't that his job to protect her? Yeah. And it, was, miserably? it was the hound that <laughs> yanked the chain and pulled it down before it got her. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I never thought of it that way. Huh. So the hound actually saved Cersei there, not the mountain. There you go. Huh. Okay. So yeah, this is the last one. One of these we'll have for a while, unfortunately. It's too bad. Yeah. Let's we'll do uh, pick another show to do. There's just not really any other show I'm into I, enough. I, Rick and I, Morty. That's my fault. That or my problem too. I can't get into things. I would do like Rick and Morty. Game of Thrones. I, me and the wife are going to watch Westworld at some point. Um, but it depends on how she's doing with her doctor at work. So she definitely watch Westworld. Yeah, I will. Okay. Uh, one more question for you, Dan. Yeah, let's you think, hear it. You think we're going to get the book between now and uh, season eight? I think the book is going to come out next year. I think it'll be early next year. I think it's close to being done because um, George R. R. Martin has hinted at it being almost done. I just want the series to I want him to finish the the series before he kicks the bucket. I think we're getting the book too, and I think you're right. I think we'll get it. We'll get it next year. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's just never going to happen, and I find it's not going to get finished. You. Not going to get period. finished. Period. Yeah, it's just not going to get finished. It's possible. I mean, I, I hope that he has a plan for if he doesn't make it to the end of the series for someone else to to finish it. As long as I just want it to be finished. Yeah. You know. At this point, because the books like they're really pretty different from the show. Uh, the first three seasons are all pretty similar, but they start to deviate quite a bit. Um, so it, I'm really interested to see how characters 
how how different the I know they have the same like endpoint and the end is supposed to be the, the same, but mm-hmm. how they get there is is interesting. So, a Song of Ice and Fire by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I don't know if J.K. Rowling would necessarily be the be the right. <laughs> I wouldn't even know who to pick <laughs> to to finish. To be honest with you, Neil yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm sure there's some really good fantasy authors. Yeah, that we don't know series of. that we just don't know about. But sure. Yeah. Okay. Sad. Sad to say goodbye. But you know, sports are coming back. So. Yeah. Got sports to watch. Yeah, but sports are probably they're more disappointing usually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks for listening. Me and Corey will again resume these episodes once Game of Thrones season eight starts.